This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs, and in fact, every episode of every show on this network, is brought to you by, well, listener support. At patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you can kick us a couple of bucks a month and uh, get some cool rewards and help us do more of these shows. Once again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thanks so much for your support. Well, my name is Gary. I'm a treasure hunter. And this is my partner, Roars. And this is the story of our fabulous adventures. You see, while searching for the Mega Great, I got sidetracked in the town of Sad Metaphor. It was there I got embroiled in the affairs of the townspeople, and a talking baby named Raffaello fell to Earth. Alrighty. It had wings, and we drowned it in a fire because it was an abomination. Anyway, we did some dungeoneering, and that's why I met my rival. Rival. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the one who will gain Mega Great, and neither you nor your little friend can stop me. And that's what you think. Roars! Go get him over the course of iterative tactical turn-based combat. Roars! 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 No, 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 no. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy now? Yes, you are. At this point, I became demoralized and gave up treasure hunting. I mean, really, what did I have to live for? Someone likes having their chin rubbed. Yes, they do. <laughs> Make those biscuits, little roars. <laughs> but luckily, in the town of Sad Metaphor, I found a magical method to erase all of my memories. Give me another red chocobo, please. And don't skimp on the bourbon. Or the fireball, you son of a bitch. You're not my dad! My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we're talking about Final Fantasy Fables, Chocobo's Dungeon, which is a roguelike RPG developed by Hand and published by Square Enix. <laughs> the sinister Hand. <laughs> they, they fought S.H.I.E.L.D. and, yep. and uh, their compatriots of Hydra. <laughs> yes, it was uh, developed by Mr. Hands and it was published by mm-hmm. Square Enix uh, for the Nintendo Wii in 2008. Yeah, yeah. And this is the, is this the most recent game we've done? No, no. I mean, there's Alpha Protocol. There's oh, a yeah. non-wolf. Yeah, game I'm, not as specific. We, I, mean, I guess the, the blurred lines. Yeah, we've we, we've done about uh, we've done about mm, in I think eighty three games as of last count. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's it's getting hard for me to remember now. This is very recent, but again, mm-hmm. last generation. Mm-hmm. With you know, we use are out. It is the first proof. Wii game we've covered. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and also the first uh, um, or the second Final Fantasy spinoff. Mm-hmm. Um, what this is is a Final Fantasy roguelike. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. yeah, this is an extension of the mystery dungeon games that have just kind of feels like always been a thing. Like yeah. since uh, so, so Chunsoft did uh, Torneco's Great Adventure Mystery Dungeon. That's the translated version of that title, which I will not try to say the Japanese version of. Uh, and that mm-hmm. came out on like you know Super Famicom in 1993, uh, starring the merchant guy from Dragon Quest IV. And yeah. you've seen this prop up like with Sharon the Wanderer and Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and like the Nightmare of Druaga. This is a genre uh, in and of itself that has been around for 22 years now. Yeah, there, there are different degrees of it. So like there's, you know, hardcore rogue games. There are games that just take elements and then there are games that are kind of in between, mm-hmm. uh, which I would say this is. Yeah. You know, so like on one end of the spectrum, you have like NetHack and Rogue. Yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have like Binding of Isaac, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, where it's like there is permadeath and there is, a, uh, you know, some roguelike elements, but they're, you know, the gameplay is actually not that at all. Yeah. And this is this is a, a, a kind of a mid-step. It has its foot in both ponds. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big thing it takes from, from the probably the main feature it uh, takes from Rogue Games is uh, this tile-based maneuvering maneuvering and combat and uh, it's turn-based and the enemies can only move when you move can only act when you act mm-hmm. um, with a couple exceptions there, there are some enemies that get two actions per turn and stuff but you it's like playing a battle of a tactical game or a jrpg game for the entire gameplay experience mm-hmm. it's really interesting like it's it's almost like a turn-based tactical game that takes place over the entire dungeon Mm-hmm. It you reminds know? me of uh, something like Baldur's Gate, where it moves along, but it's up to you to like stop it as much as it can. You're very much in control of the pace that things go. So, mm-hmm. like, well, you know, depending on whether you're trying to cover distance or manage a fight against a bunch of uh, a bunch of different enemies, you're kind of down there in the in, in the mix and can uh, pick as much as you want uh, from mm-hmm. from each turn, right? Yeah, um, that's, I mean, it's one of like many things it kind of takes from it. So, like, it, it gives you that that paced combat that you pace entirely yourself Mm -hmm. um also dungeons are randomly generated um which is another rogue staple yeah not just randomly uh, generated the first time you see them but every time you come back yes yeah because of uh plot reasons Mm -hmm. you know the shifting (laughs) shifting sands of of where you're at the shifting memory memory is capitalized because japanese game developers turn regular nouns into pronouns (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) um blood is to bloodborne as memory is to chocobo's dungeon proper nouns everybody likes it yeah so So, in this episode so far i mistakenly implied that uh (laughs) that roguelikes have only been around for 22 years and also mixed up pronouns and proper nouns so yeah, Rogue likes, I don't know how long, like, an, uh, something that was just, like, meant to be, this kind of weird hybrid yeah. thing, because these are huge right now, too, like, we, we didn't really talk about this, but, like, mm-hmm. these are everywhere, so Binding of Isaac, Rogue Legacy, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it, Eldric. Um, there's, there's just tons of these now. Yeah. Like, like this, this is a huge thing. Yeah. Really the, everybody is kind of taking their vocabulary from this, especially in the, uh, in the indie scene. When I, when yeah. I was speaking about that before, I was thinking specifically of the mystery dungeon, like rogue light version of these. Yeah. 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 It's because, really cool. Like it is a cool thing. It's like a, a flavor. You can throw some, you know, some spice into something and it has a really high batting average yeah. for me, like it, more so than say like you know, a skill tree and the way like sometimes you'll play a game and like the skill tree feels tacked on and you mm-hmm. don't feel excited about any of the skills you get. Um, you know, like a, like Far Cry Blood Dragon. I don't mm-hmm. care about any of those things you want to give me, you know, to do. But this, like you throw a little roguelike thing into into most games and it helps a lot. Yeah. Uh, like it, it adds a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of range to it and a little bit of something roguelike will cause it to be marketed as roguelike. So. Yes. And yeah, you know, get, and there's like a roguelike radio podcast. Like it is a huge, huge mm-hmm. genre and it's kind of cool to cover the first 
first of them for us. So yeah, so this is kind of continuing our spring of uh, breaking outside of our usual comfort zone. Um, mm-hmm. This is the 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 most recent in a long string of those non-standard games uh, and first for us. Um, <clears throat> so another element that is kind of pulled from that is that if you die in a dungeon, uh, you start from the beginning. Or a checkpoint, uh, depending on which is closer, and you lose all of the items that you didn't have equipped. Yes, which is which is a half measure. Like in a traditional rogue, you would just die, and that'd be the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, they do allow you to keep your equipment. Also, levels and and skill growth is is uh, consistent, um, persistent. So it doesn't you don't lose that which you would otherwise. Yeah. So it's actually very generous, even though for a Final Fantasy game, it's kind of punishing. Yeah, and uh, if they if they didn't do that if it didn't let you keep your progress it would cease to feel like a final fantasy game uh, yeah you know specifically with some of the other systems they bring in and then yeah they'd have to make a, a bunch of other design considerations like something that we'll talk about as we, we talk about this game is the way that it compromises its final fantasy hood and its roguehood to find the ways in which those two disparate things can interconnect um and and kind of work you know, it's like a Kingdom Hearts that works. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying that to make fun of my friend Will, who listens to the show and loves Kingdom Hearts. Yep, and plenty of people who listen to the show who speculate on what Kingdom Hearts did to us as kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so there are also, again, roguelike things are traps, um, and they are visually demarcated, but it's still, there's a degree of randomness. Yep. Um, you know, a carrot trap can either take carrots from you or give you carrots. Mm-hmm. You're not sure. I directly into your stomach. <laughs> um, and that, what that a horrifying goes trap. Yeah, just teleporting things directly into your... The uh, As a real quick digression, um, me and my uh, game group are playing um, a Dark Sun campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, and in Dark Sun, you, everyone has like a minor sonic talent. And one of the characters, uh, Ben, from the D&D episode, um, was able to teleport small objects short distances. Oh, no. And we were all slaves because you're always a slave in, in Dark Sun. And uh, to curry favor with another one of the characters, he kept teleporting meat into his mouth. <laughs> Was it curried and, meat? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Mm, delicious he, sauces. He gave, him, he gave him curry favors, which is <laughs> by which mean curried meat teleported directly into his jaw. But like uh, that became a running joke about the way that you uh, get somebody on your side in that game is to teleport a little meat into their mouth. <laughs> because the idea of like just like you know you're one moment you don't have meat in your mouth and then just wham beefy beefy wad mm-hmm. like it's 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 very disconcerting. Was it pre-chewed? Huh? No, like it was just, it was just meat. Like you had to know it was chewed coming. up in the hell dimension between. <laughs> yeah, bamf. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it just it, it bamfs through the elemental plane of teeth and comes out as a, yeah. as a puree. Yeah. It's a bolus. Yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, that's kind of the, 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 the logical conclusion of uh, Soylent, right? If you're looking for yeah. max, maximal efficiency, you know, don't, don't teleport it into the mouth. Don't just drink a uh, batter of cum pancake batter. Um, just have it <laughs> teleported directly into your, into your digestive system. Yeah, how, how long will it be until some of these West Coast fucking weirdos, like, just eventually have, like, a, a direct tube to their stomach and can just like hook up like a, or like a reverse catheter yeah. that just feeds soylent into their bloodstream like yep yeah no they're they're on they're on barges you know five miles off the uh off the san francisco bay on feeding tubes yeah like no food allowed on this yeah. island i i finished food is good motherfucker <laughs> yeah like, like, fuck this. you are man you are cutting yourself off from so many cultural experiences like that is essentially you saying like, i don't give a shit about the the culture of anyone mm-hmm. including my own culture yeah i finished uh silicon valley last night mm-hmm. it has the funniest <laughs> line i've ever heard in a single piece of media that's that's uh <laughs> that's a tall order man can i just put it here out of context you can but yes. don't you feel bad if i don't 
That's think fine. it's the funniest line because I don't have the context. Yeah, it's 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 out of context. All right. Okay. You, you just brought piss to a shit fight. <laughs> that is that's pretty good. <laughs> yep. That is funny. <laughs> Like, again. picture me at 3 a.m. laughing yeah. as loud as I possibly can. That is, uh, who delivers it? Is it Martin Starr? No, no, it's um. Oh my gosh, I keep on forgetting the guy's name. It's the uh, it's the narrator guy from uh from from uh, Cloverfield. Oh, gotcha. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Who's also uh, in Big Hero Six? Yeah, super funny guy. Um, T.J. Miller. Yes, T.J. Miller. Yeah, yeah. He is uh, fighting a kid for selling fake Adderall. <laughs> and by a kid, I mean a 13-year-old. That's pretty funny. Yep. I'll have to watch that at some point. Let's talk about uh, that. So if all that talk about shit, piss, and soylent made you hungry, <laughs> what's really going to make you hungry is Chocobo's Dungeons Hunger System. Yeah. Segway, segway. Segway, 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 segway. Yeah, so this is kind of just a way to put a hard limit on the number of actions you can do um, mm-hmm. in, a, in a dungeon before you can kind of... Uh, um, you know gear up and it makes things really difficult eventually if you run out of hunger um you lose health per action and, and you uh, move at an excruciatingly <laughs> slow pace yeah he, he walks like a cartoon drunk like well, he, he should he be gets, he gets yeah it's, it's like they should play the the christmas time is here or the development <laughs> thing over his walk yeah and there are some challenge dungeons where that is the gimmick that he yeah. is he has zero percent hunger yeah, those yeah. are those are kind of a bummer. Yeah, um, the gear system is really simple. You only have three gear slots: um, a claw, a saddle, an accessory. But different; um, those can be uh, forged, kind of sharpened, and then they can be socketed. So you can have different attributes mm-hmm. on uh, your claw or your saddle. Your accessory kind of has a static attribute. Yeah, and uh, you kind of move those around. And that's the you know similar to Dark Souls or something like that. This is as important for the progression of your character mm-hmm. as anything else. Yeah, like you 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 are kind of carrying these different elements forward as you upgrade. So. So everything kind of accumulates until you just always have the best weapon available to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. <clears throat> and there's little else to spend money on. Yeah. Like until you run out and then it becomes a huge pain in the ass. But like initially, unless you run out of healing stuff, you can always make a dungeon delve and, and get some stuff. So that's kind of a complaint for me. Like, you know, the economy is like RPG economy is taking a crap um, is not anything new. Uh, but mm-hmm. the fact that you still have to walk through the town, I, I, I'm kind of over walking through towns. I just want a menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, me too, man. We're we're gonna. I mean, this is this is a conversation we we'll have to have, and and don't no no listeners, you know, uh, get upset about this. But we're gonna have to have a serious conversation about summer RPG this year because <laughs> that's that is on the list of things I'm sick of doing as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to see if I can engender some goodwill or a game can come along that twists the formula enough to make me want to like tap through random battles, travel through towns, do all these things that are essentially just the genre, mm-hmm. um, but are, have been making me super cranks. Yeah. Um, so this is, I mean, like exploring the town the first time, fine. Cool. The music is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the town music a lot, but like, man, do I get sick of just huffing it. And there's kind yeah. of load time problems too. Like it, it, it does kind of become a little bit of a chore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh that, that, that's one of those things here. What's not a chore though, is the mm-hmm. fact that it brings over one of my favorite, one of my favorite elements for any uh, final fantasy game, the job system. Yeah. Right. And not only do you get different abilities that you level up on this kind of sidetrack, um, you get cool little outfits for your guy. Look at him yeah, go. They're, they're adorable. Like, yeah. I mean, the game is really cute. Yeah. This game is maximum cute. Yeah. It's it's incredibly cute. Like, it's not it's not a kid's game. You know, like there's a <laughs> there's a Final Fantasy Fables game for the DS that is like like a mini game collection that you can't it's unplayable for adults mm-hmm. like it is too easy and simple and annoying um this is kind of like this game got really hard at a certain point this is tactically mm-hmm. deep and, and interesting but it has all the trappings of like the most adorable kids game <laughs> that ever was and i i really dig it 
Yeah. Um, part of that is because I have a lot of affection for Final Fantasy, despite what I was just saying about JRPGs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I've, I've used this game as one of the reasons why I was really happy to do this game is I've used this as an example so many times, is that when you take a, a game, a series, and put it in another genre, you get to use your knowledge of the main series as kind of a libretto to explain the new genre. So, like, this uses uh, Final Fantasy names and music and mythology, which eases you in. And then also those names are really important. Like, yeah. I know what Faraga is. I know it's better than Fyra. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what what Demi is or what Holy does and all those things just because yeah. I know Final <laughs> Fantasy. I know what a thief is going to be like, all those things. I know what like that, I know yeah. what a Leviathan fight probably entails. And exactly. the interesting part is to cast, see yeah. how that it is being re- you know how that is repurposed for this for this mode of play. I know yes. what a Cactor is, but Exactly. Yeah. And they and they act in similar ways. Mm-hmm. Um or Tonberry. Like mm-hmm. that's that's very cool and like makes this a really good introductory roguelike. Yeah. For people who are into Final Fantasy. Like, I think this is this could get you into the genre pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, like, spoil any final judgments or anything, but, I, you know, I played this a, a, a while ago for the show. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is great. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Like, it, it is very good. What's um man, and just real quick, just to over harp on it a little bit. The, uh, the music is really, really great. <laughs> and, you know, for a while, like it was like, oh, Gary is getting all the good music. You know, mm-hmm. for the things we're editing, like I got to edit, you know, Shovel Knight and, and all that stuff. And then this comes up and our, our episode 100 comes up that you mm-hmm. get to edit. Yep. And uh, it's a real bummer. Cole's and Revenge, then, motherfucker. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, and then there and then there's another one uh, down the road that I, I you know, you get to do. Mm-hmm. That's also pretty, pretty good. Yep. Or no, no, that's actually the one no, I that's, get to do. Yeah, that's when you get to do. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we have it planned up through 101 and like it's, we're really ping-bonging on music on this. Yeah. So, so are you going to just like put the, are you going to put the spreadsheet in the show notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sell A1. Um, I, I, well, I'm not going to do that. I was just thinking about it when I was playing it, but like yeah. this would be a joy to edit because of how good the music is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is just like, you know, a, a compilation of remixed Final Fantasy tunes. Yeah. Like Final orchestrated, Fantasy. And yeah. like the best songs from the given games that it's pulled from. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but the job system is great. Uh, I, I tended to gravitate towards the uh, the white mage, but I could see by by looking at the uh, you know the abilities that were unlocked for each of the for each of them that they would you know each be suited to different kinds of you know, different kinds of styles of play. I just was not very aggressive. I couldn't uh, make it through sticking with one job class, even mm-hmm. the white mage. I ended yeah. up having to switch around a lot, especially for the last dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, there were the last couple dungeons end up having to change, which initially like gave me a really bad feeling of kind of cost, you know, some cost fallacy, but then eventually I got over it. Yeah. So they're actually pretty quick to kind of grind them up and, and get your guys back. Each ability costs mana and that's, you know, recovered by walking <laughs> you know, yeah. so, you know, and, certain steps. Yeah. Yeah. And is also, uh, character dependent, not class dependent. Mm-hmm. So if you know you do you don't lose that progress. Um, there are a bunch of little mini games into this, and I see in the notes you didn't get into this. I had a, a kind of a minor hope that you did because it would cover for the fact that I didn't either. <laughs> I just I didn't really play any of them. Yeah, there's no. three, and I, I didn't I couldn't bring myself to care. It's like a it feels like there are two things that the that the Wii did that are annoying, or that consoles do that are annoying. Is one uh, try to shoehorn in multiplayer elements into a single player game. Yep. Um, so these are all competitive against people on on your you know friends list and such. And then two try to uh, work in the input method gimmick of choice. So like mm-hmm. they all just use the Wii mode, and I was just like sitting back with my classic controller mm-hmm. with the you know the Wii mode on the coffee table, and I didn't even want to get up. Yeah. to fuck around with the Wiimote and, like, waggle. <laughs> to that point, I loved this game because you could play it with the Wii Remote in uh, Remote. 
stance oh, yeah. or whatever. So just, you know, picture me in my recliner, you know, my, my, my right arm holding the Wii remote or no, my left arm holding the Wii remote on the, on one arm. And then on the, on the other arm of the chair, my notebook, just furiously taking notes as we go along. Yeah. It's like, it was made for me. <laughs> It's got it's got a very simple control scheme that works really well. Uh, there was a DS version of this game that was released in Japan uh, with kind of an extra story that centered more around Sid, uh, who just talks like a regular dude uh, reading for a commercial mm. line, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and also had like new jobs and stuff. And that's kind of disappointing because if there was a DS version of this, that is the one that I would, that I would want to play. Me too. Yeah, and I think there's supposed to be a sequel, hmm. um, a Wii U sequel. Sequel. If oh. I recall, like I'll have to look that up, but I remember seeing some buzz about that. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Yeah, let's do this. So the story in this is bonkers. Yeah, it it is. It, man, does it? It goes back and forth between like uh, two kitty and then like weird michelle gondry film <laughs> you know like french french philosopher you know uh thought experiment yeah and and whiplashes between them in really weird ways yeah so you start out with sid and chocobo on a dune buggy talking about timeless power <laughs> yeah yep. which which is just a, a thing like they don't nobody ever explains what timeless power is and they never say the timeless power mm-hmm. it's just timeless power like it's a name of a guy or a soft drink or something. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're trying to get, get that. Uh, and you end up going through a tutorial dungeon. Mm-hmm. I'm trying um, to, fi- I'm trying to figure out what it is about, about JRPGs in particular, but a lot of RPGs in general, where they, where they take an incredibly vague name and make it into something of importance. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Like, you know, the halo is a Western example of that, like the truth and reconciliation. Like that's a, that, that, that's its own particular, but that really makes it hard for me to keep track of this shit. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, yeah, the Halo did it, because otherwise you'd be, I'd be tempted to ascribe it to a language difference, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, they could they they could be done for different reasons. I, I'm just trying not to be, like, shits on JRPGs guy, especially yeah. for, like, cultural reasons. We can shit on the mechanics all day long, but, uh, yeah. yeah, but I don't, yeah. don't want to, like, no, I, I don't want to be insensitive. Yeah. No, I, I don't want to either. It was just the easiest, mm-hmm. you know, possible explanation, and it wouldn't even necessarily be a bad thing, but it does seem to happen. It mm-hmm. seems to crop a lot. Yeah. Uh, so this tutorial, it is in the like the Tower of Sands or the Tower of Shifting Sands, and it's introducing a lot of the basic concepts that we have uh, kind of already talked about and showing you a couple of different maneuvers like retreating into hallways or kind of burning a turn instead of walking yeah. walking into like making the approach and getting a free attack or uh, yeah, um, having an enemy get a free attack on you. Yeah, it, it's really about like it, it, it boils down to a lot of like manipulating choke points mm-hmm. and uh, letting enemies come to you. Yeah. Because that first attack is very important. A little later in the game, it morphs more into effective use of your abilities mm-hmm. as the the challenge ramps up. And just kind of doing the things you do in this tutorial don't actually help. Right. Um, and I find that that ramp up a little bit abrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least initially, like it, it plays like um, like a chess kind of thing. Like you're reasonably confident to destroy whatever you're fighting in a couple of moves. Um, and you just want to make sure you get that first move so you can yeah. retain as much health as possible. Be intentional about saying where you think that line is, because I don't know that I experienced it as as abruptly as you did. I, I will. Yeah. And that, that's going to have to do with the fact that there is a lot of kind of creative freedom and character build and uh, what job class you're emphasizing and yeah. such. Yeah. So, yeah. When you reach the top of the tower, you're introduced to, I believe they're villains from earlier in the series, but they might just be from out of nowhere. Irma. They have to be. Like, yeah. at all of this, like, dune buggy shit, like, this has to be. <laughs> 
I mean, Cole, it just has to be. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> if, 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 like, have you learned nothing? Like, <laughs> this, this can just come out of nowhere. There, ha- there doesn't have to be a reason. Well, the thing is, is like, in contrast to Final Fantasy games, uh, here's a spoiler that, I mean, it's not really a spoiler because we're going to spoil the whole game, but like, the villain is actually thematically relevant mm-hmm. and like, isn't just somebody like, you know, you think this is the villain the whole game and then a space god pushes him out of the way and says, it's really me, which is what happens in almost every Final Fantasy. Right. And this one, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, kind like, of. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, mean it's, yeah, it's like, I, I would dark. argue that it is. Like, the, 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 there's context for it. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. But it's, uh, it, it is thematically in line with uh, like the evil space god that represents all hatred. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely... There is an evil space god that represents all hatred because it is a <laughs> Final Fantasy game. But the actual... The manipulation, the kind of way that it shakes out is more satisfying yeah. than Zeromus just popping up and being like, hey, I'm Zeromus. You know? <laughs> Look at me. I'm Zeromus. <laughs> That's, is that your impression of Zeromus? Look at me. Yep. I'm Zeromus. <laughs> Look at me. Hey, I'm Zeromus in this bitch. <laughs> Hit me up. I'm a space tumor. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Irma and Volk, Irma is, uh, is kind of a stereotypical JRPG, scantily clad, busty lady, and Volk is a badass black chocobo. <laughs> Volk is hilarious. I like, love Volk. Because chocobo is like, like I assume, like this, this game does a lot to reinforce what I think chocobos do in their off time, mm-hmm. which is like just hang out and be really super cute. <laughs> but it never occurred to me that like uh, chocobos, like I almost just said black chocobos, because Volk is a black chocobo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what I meant, though, because I didn't want to make Gary, this sound please, racial. chocobo of color. Yeah. Yeah, he's a chocobo of color, and the uh, it never. Well, I mean, I could go for gold chocobos or, or right. anything too. <laughs> red chocobos a... that they're in addition to just be having different abilities are more like badass and mature. Yeah, no, like, yeah, like Volk it, has like an absurd amount of dignity. Yeah, he, he is the most dignified looking bird that I've ever seen. He's like a thousand dead American eagles on top of a flag. <laughs> like he is, he is the, the most. He he is so 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 much gravitas. Yeah, it's like the Volk. difference it's between a, between a lion and a house cat. <laughs> exactly like he's he's incredible yep um but yeah they, they take the uh the timeless power and we're all swept away into a vortex yep and you get this anime uh title sequence yeah the uh the 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 the, the high-voiced lady singing in japanese over inscrutable montage cuts yep which will happen again at the end yep um yeah it's a now's like a cat uh, and we're on to uh, chapter one, uh, saving of a forgetful town. Yes, these uh, chapter titles are also anime as fuck. Please forgive us for pointing this out, but saving of yeah. a forgetful town, not saving the forgetful town. Yeah, <laughs> or even a. Uh. Yeah, saving. Like, a. like what? What tense is that? <laughs> uh, the saving of. It's it's, it's anime pluperfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, this this game has uh, it has five chapters. We're gonna go through them um, with uh, with a pretty goofy like rhythm to them in general. But uh, uh, there's there, there's a great deal of exposition here as we are spit out of a fountain in the center of the uh, town of Lost Time in the Memoria region. Yes. Yeah, again, which, uh, again, something from Final Fantasy, you know, prior. Right? Yep, yep. And uh, while you're there, you, you know, you're right next to the mayor, who I think if they ever did a movie of this would be Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> yeah. Like, he looked like, I just, like, I kept looking at him and thinking, like, oh, this is a cartoon Paul F. Tompkins. He's doing this. But as he's kind of talking to you, the uh, this bell in town rings, mm-hmm. and uh, 
it's really awesome. Like I love every time this bell rings. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it be, kind of becomes a like a, a dinner bell for a chore. <laughs> like, it's like okay, I'm talking to this person. They're going to do something. Oh, I have to go into their memories. Yeah. But the the kind of kinesthetics of it, the sound, mm-hmm. and the concept of it, like, does belie a weird deeper game than this is. Mm-hmm. Um, because in this town, when the bell of oblivion rings, um, everyone loses their memory. Right. Um, and the mayor says, like, in, you know, memory is actually not that important. This is a town where all the bad things are forgotten. Right. Like, you lose all of your shitty memories, uh, uh, you know, Eternal Sunshine style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is Pleasantville is all fun. Yep. Yeah. And uh, this bell almost always interrupts people right as they're on their mo- on the moment of a recollection when they're trying yes. to give you information. Right. Yeah. But you're rescued by this white mage named Sherma who kind of absconds with you to her aunt's farm, you know, out in the country where the, the, the bell cannot be heard. Yes. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, out this farm, you know, the music's in full force. They're, like, hitting the nostalgia mm-hmm. strings. Um, you know, it plays the, the Aerith mom music mm-hmm. when, when you're here yeah, on play, the outside. Play, plays the, uh, the radio music. Yep, yep, inside, which is super nice. And it turns out that Sherma speaks Chocobo. Um, <laughs> this is nice. I love how hand wave this is. Yep. Um, and uh, she isn't supposed to be in town uh, at Stella's request. Stella mm-hmm. does not want her there. Right, because Stella knows what's up, right? Yep. Exactly. Stella knows more than you think. And Stella, if you were the kind of person who uh, was turned on by video game stuff, she's she's real. She's kind of milfy. Like, doesn't she seem like a little like weird? Like if she was portrayed, like she'd be like uh, like Catherine Keener or something like that, and be kind of like I don't know. Well, you're the last person I'd expect to hear this from, Gary. <laughs> well, like I, I I was not. It's not like I, I just masturbated through Chocobo's dungeon. The mm-hmm. um, it's more like I just kind of had this like. Oh, she's supposed to be like kind of dialogue, kind of flirty, and she's kind of busty. I don't know. Yeah. Like, she seemed like she's like hot mom a little bit. Like yeah. that was the aspect she, she, they were going she, for. She's got kind of that gingham. I had, I had to look up a picture. She's got purple hair, right? Yeah, Something, yeah. She's got the gingham skirt on. I could see that. Yeah, like she's she's. Fr- I, I read that as hospitality. It's a, it's her flirting is kind of like when a barista flirts with you. Like she just. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that, that, that's where I get it, and yeah. Yeah, well, I, this, I don't know. I guess is, I'm just not the person who thinks that the barista is flirting with me. You know, this, if you, if you want to own of, that, that's fine. It's <laughs> the kind of knowledge I've only gained from being maced by so many baristas. <laughs> Uh, like, no, that's not, that's not true. You're, would, you're lucky never... that new new coffee shops open up all the time up there. Yeah, exactly. There's literally like like one every you know every time I need coffee, I can go mm-hmm. to a new shop. Yeah. Um, and hit on a new barista. That's not yeah. true. I don't, I don't hit on. Yeah. No. I don't hit on women out in the wild. It's gross. Yeah. Just be be pleasant. Be nice. Tell somebody to have a nice day. Mean it and go on. It's cool. Yep. Like just be yep. fine. Yeah. Be fine. Yeah. That's all you want. Fine. Yeah. Just just be fine. Anywho, let's get back to Sherma. <laughs> yeah, so Sherma. Um, uh, oh, wait, what am I thinking? Yeah, she she forgets her missing sister, which doesn't come up until the very fucking end of the game. It's, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, that this is like... <laughs> it's a weird plot, but yeah. I, I, took, I took this note, like, at the beginning, like, okay, this will come up later. And then it wasn't until I was transcribing these notes for the show that I realized, like, oh, yeah, they planted this scene so early that it was irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, this game has a pacing issue kind of in general mm-hmm. like even though I, I am on the side of it being a very good game and very mm-hmm. worth playing it does have some pacing issues yeah and that's one of them and also she left her staff at the town which motivates you to go back and uh visit the mayor who happens to have found a baby by the fountain yeah an egg fell falls from the sky and hatches a baby human with wings uh named raffaello mm-hmm. and raffaello loves Sherma and talks <laughs> yep. and then the bell erases uh, the mayor's memory of raffaello and uh, the, the you know this memory you have this brooch of memories. It's a little puzzle piece necklace that mm-hmm. you wear, 
yeah. opens up a vortex behind the mayor, and that's how you enter dungeons. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Raphael for a little bit. Yeah. So, what's the opposite of a Mary Sue? Was that a Marty Stew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this game is like, so fixated on this creepy talking baby. I, I every it's like when when Raffaello isn't around, all the characters stand around and say, "Hey, where's Raffaello?" <laughs> and I'm not joking; like that literally happens all the time. Yeah, like anytime you go up and talk to somebody in a totally different part of town, they're like, "Man, I wonder where Raffaello's up. Raffaello's up to?" And he's just an idiot baby. Like I hate Raffaello. <laughs> Me too. It's the like they do, they do things with him later that are more interesting. Mm-hmm. But initially, when everyone is just obsessed with him, like the Sherma soundbite of her going like Raffaello. <laughs> Like, it just, it makes my fucking hackles go up, man. Yep. Like, I just like, shut up about this stupid baby. Yeah. Like, the the the, the fixation is, it's it, like, it's a problem because it's unearned. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, people refer to him by name, even though they should say, holy fuck, it's a flying baby. Yeah. Like, or, or, like, he should be a curious. I'm not saying that people should just be nonchalant about an egg falling from the sky that, and a baby hatching out of it. That's what I'm but saying. It should go in a lab. Yeah. Like, it should, like, it, it inspired affection rather than, like, yeah. curiosity. Like, it's like instant affection. It's like, here's Raphael. He'll save us. Yeah. What are you talking about? It was like, foretold it just, in the scrolls. It just fell from the fucking sky, you idiot. Yeah. Like, I don't know you? about this Raphael fellow. Is he great or good? I don't know. Exactly. Like, is he going to save us all or save 90% of us? The mayor doesn't Uh, seem to like Raffaello. Is he just a grumpster? Yeah. Is he a bad person? Yeah. Uh, Because he doesn't go in for this fucking baby cult? (laughs) Raffaello, man. Yeah. He he is a wet fart of a... uh, of a, of of a character in this which is which is bad because you know he's he's kind of the main character of this. It's really weird. Like what they do with him is the second part of this that's like there are two like French philosophers sitting around in a cafe conceits of this game. <laughs> One being like what if there was this bell that rang that made you forget all your bad memories? How would cool. you cooperate? I like that. The other is like what would happen if a child grew up at a super advanced rate? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like was influenced in this thing. So that's the other thing that happens to Raffaello. And then we'll get to that more later as he grows up. <laughs> yeah. But he goes from like little kid to like awkward teen years to brooding adult. Like it's really weird. Well, here's, here's really the interesting weird. thing that this does. Raffaello is the Final Fantasy protagonist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like mysterious origin and the the, 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 the angsty middle years and this you know, kind of crazy apotheosis that he goes through. Right. But you're just seeing it from the outside. And, you know, and the fact that when you are that character in another Final Fantasy RPG, it feels fine because like, hey, I'm the character. They're talking to me about me. But like what happens if in Midgar, everybody's talking about Cloud? <laughs> yeah. Then, well, that exactly. That doesn't really happen. Like people will talk to you, but mm-hmm. not about like, I guess it's like well, when you're not talking to somebody. And another NPC comes and talks to another NPC. Uh-huh. They're just like, man, what about Avalanche? That Barrett guy seems cool. Yeah. You know, like, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm not ascribing any t- intentionality to this. I'm yeah. saying this would be a fucking intolerable world to live in. Yeah. I, I could not handle everyone just asking about Poochie, like, literally everywhere I went. Go. Yeah. He's yeah. the narsh of this game, and he's a person. It's fucking <laughs> weird. <laughs> he's human narsh, like Raffaello, human narsh. This guy would have um, the most popular blog. Exactly. <laughs> he would have 20 Twitter followers, which is impressive because there are 21 people in the town. Yeah, Number 21 the, is the mayor who hates Raffaello. Yeah, he's the only is person. Is he a grumpster? The- I'm sorry. I forgot uh, the earlier part of that conversation. Yeah, the a bell dong, rang. Dong. <laughs> uh, anywho. 
Um, we'll, we'll deal with Raffaello at length over yeah. the course of the next like hour and a half or so. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, this brooch opens up vortexes and that's how you go into dungeons. Yeah. And the first one, this is mandatory. Some of them are optional. Some of them are mandatory and um, they unlock various things. This first one's mandatory. It's the mayor's memories. So we're looking at this here. This is kind of just uh, uh, taking away the training wheels from the tor- uh, from the tutorial and uh, giving you a really basic uh, dungeon layout uh, with only you know kind of one kind of trap that uh, you know, that, that eliminates your uh, your mini map, which isn't that big of a deal uh, because no, not, especially not this early on. Like it becomes as you get abilities that allow you to map the the floor, they become more annoying, mm-hmm. but initially not that big of a deal. Right. And uh, you find your first boss. There are a lot of boss battles in this, which is uh, something that traditional rogue games don't do. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting to see the way they articulate and the way they, with varying degrees of success, have kind of a gimmick. Uh, Excuse me, for each one. Um, This is the Turtle Shade. And um, you've got in the notes that you just kind of exchange blows with him. But what's kind of interesting is he, like, he has turns on a different rate than you do. Yes. Like, he, so you can actually kite him around. Like, this is you learning that people move at different speeds, even though it's all kind of... Uh, fragmented or quantitated into these individual discrete turns. Mm-hmm. So he actually can move less than you do. Yeah. And you can use that to your advantage. That makes a lot of sense for a first boss. I guess I just didn't take note of that when it happened. But yeah, yeah. like a lot of these bosses that you're going to find, especially in these kind of non-main dungeons, are going to be the uh, are going to be examples of other kind of enemy archetypes that you're going to see. So the yeah. so the turtle the turtle enemy doesn't pop up until later. Uh, but he's here now. Most of the time, you've just been fighting like goblins that'll run away yeah. from you. Yeah, and they're not that big of a deal. Um, after you uh, beat him and get the memory back, um, you learn, you get and get this memory, which there was some kind of calamity. Uh, nine people died, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what he, he, you know, had suppressed. That was his memory. Yeah. So this town has some kind of gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. These memory sequences are kind of delivered by, um, you're looking at a still shot of one of these guys' faces as you're hearing an, like an audio play version of this of this uh, horrible catastrophe that has befallen the town. This one does. Other ones, they happen between dungeon floors, and sometimes they're, like, laughably non-dramatic. Yep. Like, it just, like, doesn't seem like that big a deal what they're complaining about, and there's not (laughs) enough text to them. So you go through, like, several different floors, and the person just restates the problem, like, four times. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this uh, this kind of is your first dungeon down under your belt. You've seen what these look like, but they're going to get much much longer. This one's only a couple yes. of floors. Yeah, this one's easy. On your way back, you're introduced to another major character, mm-hmm. uh, Dungeon Hero X. Yep. Who's a cutie? Like this is a mog, mm-hmm. um, who is like this weird town eccentric. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, can anyone else see him? Like it doesn't seem like. <laughs> the case but he uh he does a bunch of different things mm-hmm. um but he is this very enthusiastic mog who is kind of acts as your continuing tutorial um and uh, says he you know he, he knows why you're here and he gives you a card case so you can do that pop-up duel thing that we didn't do very much mm-hmm. but he foreshadows that he will rob you later yeah and uh he did he did I, I, that might be in a dueling room thing but he robbed me mm-hmm. i don't know if it's mandatory but yeah he will uh he will definitely do that Cool. But uh, but yeah, he's a little bit like uh, the camp counselor or the camp leader Ford 
in uh in Psychonauts. He just pops mm. up wearing different hats later on because yeah. like over in a grain silo, you'll meet Romance Hero X, who yes. uh, asks you to say words of love that are written in these notes that you find in the mailbox in order to get uh, cards or in one instance a new class, the dancer class. Yeah, and the the card system, like just to talk about that a little bit. So um, I think I've been on the record of saying you know before the Final Fantasy VIII has the best side system like best mini game in any final fantasy game Mm -hmm. um and the reason why that's true is that the main game and the mini game intersected Mm -hmm. so very early on in final fantasy 8 which like if this show goes on for 20 years we'll do at some point um (laughs) because i I really like final fantasy 8 me too uh the uh the you gain the ability to transfer cards into very valuable resources Mm um here so at that point, like, you know, if you get a card as a reward for exploration or for something, it doesn't feel bad. Because even if you've chosen not to play, uh, you know, the card game, play Triple Triad, you still have a reward. Here, a lot of times you get a reward. I'm always disappointed to find a card because I'm not <laughs> playing the card and there's no intersection between actual mechanics and the card game mechanics. Yeah. So, like, it just becomes this whole part of the game I don't use. And the way that it kind of encroaches into the main game is that, like, it's taking up my treasure spots. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my reward ends up getting taken away from me by me choosing not to play this game that has no bearing on the actual main game. It doesn't map to any, like, dopamine source for you. Like, it's exactly. just nothing. You feel nothing it, when you see it. Yeah. And and it, and it just, and it's also, it's a negative. It's addition by, or subtraction by addition because mm-hmm. it's instead of getting, you know, job points mm-hmm. or a fucking Gayashi green, like something I could actually... <laughs> you know, use. Right. Um, so it, it's, it's very frustrating. If you want and, to see uh, exactly how good triple triad is, just play Tetra or whatever that is, the mm, Tetra yeah. card game, which like the actual game itself, it's fine. It's just a step beyond, like it's an elaboration on triple triad, but um, all of the rewards, like you only pursue that if you want to like do the crazy esoteric Knights of the round style side quest at the end of, uh, yeah, you know, in Final like, like, like it plays into Chocobo hunt, which is just a terrible, terrible game. Yeah, 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 bad, bad mini games, but triple triad rules, right? And uh, and and this is no triple triad. You sir are no triple triad. <laughs> I condemn so, you. So I didn't end up using these words of love very much. I, mm-hmm. I looked up how to do the the optional class mm-hmm. and put that in just to do it, um, even though I didn't end up even using it. Yeah, and that's that was my only interaction with romance hero X. Even though I love the idea of a romance hero, mm-hmm. it's cute. Yeah, it feels like something out of a out of a dating visual novel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this kind of segues into, you know, you get back to Sid. He's been put into a trance by the bell. He heard it uh, in the in the center of the town, and this gets uh, his, his own memory vortex. And this introduces the concept of cursed items, which is another kind of roguelike staple. Yes. And the big thing with cursed items here is they, I, they can have negative effects. Mm-hmm. I don't think they necessarily do, but the big pain in the ass is you can't take them off. Right. Um, so it kind of becomes like a little bit of a chore where you just have to make a side trip to the priest to, you know, free yourself from them. Mm-hmm. Um, since they're not always like they can be detrimental. I got one in this first dungeon that w- like definitely was. Mm-hmm. It was a negative to my attack, um, which is kind of a pain, but it's early enough in the game to not make a big yeah. difference. Um, but yeah, cursed items are feel a little bit vestigial in this game. Yeah, and this um, ties more closely to the uh, to to the uh, appraisal system. Where yes. you pick up an item, it's not necessarily identified, so you can't see uh, what its actual effect is going to be. So you can identify it by putting it on, but if it's cursed, then uh, the, then you're stuck with it. Yeah, and th- that's a nice, um, you know, a little bit of uh, like player kindness is that when you leave a dungeon, everything is automatically identified, mm-hmm. which is something that should happen in Torchlight and Diablo and every game that <laughs> does this. Like if you once I get back to town, just identify all my shit. Don't make me go through the the motions. Mm-hmm. You know. 
So or make me go through the motions once and then ask me, hey, do you want this to be automated? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you run into a couple of new enemies here, mm-hmm. um, the Arhaman and the Turtle uh, guys. The Turtle guys uh, have really high defense, but only move every other turn. So right. if you have enough space behind you, you can kite them around. Mm-hmm. And the Arhaman cast some kind of spell on you. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're kind of your first uh, your, your your first experience with ranged combat kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know as we're talking about these different dungeons, you know because it's random, we're just kind of going to call attention to whatever shows up new. Otherwise, we'd be here forever. So yeah, yeah, this is actually going to be like a weirdly plot based episode, even mm-hmm. though most of your time playing this game is just play like similar, I guess, to any JRPG. Like most of the time, you spend tapping X. But you know this. This is uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into the individual stuff. And here's the here's the thing, right? Like it's a it's a it's a WAF episode for the gameplay, but it's an abject suffering for the plot. A yeah, little bit. yeah, a little bit. Even though like the plot's not right, it's not so yeah. bad. It just it's bonkers. goofy, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it is it is a source or a subject of derision. Definitely, yeah. like it is hard to take seriously. Yeah, um, you run into your first boss, which is a Mandaraga shade which is actually pretty hard like it is a three by three so it's huge um it can shoot and it can shoot diagonally which means trying to kite it and this was the first boss that i couldn't figure out a trick to and just ended up like toe-to-toe slugging and chugging healing potions yeah and because it's so big because it's a three by three if you're trying to maneuver um that means that there are fewer safe spaces around him um, yeah. To where if you're trying to get away, so uh, that that makes it much more difficult. Gary, uh, just so people outside the show don't correct you, it's Mandragora, not Mand oh, okay. Man- Man- Mandargora or whatever you said. Oh, Sorry. Okay, I think it said Mandaraga. Mandaraga, Mandragora. Yes. Thank you. Man- yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, pretty much every boss you fight is going to be uh, a big like this guy. So this is again kind of easing you into some of these bigger encounters. Yeah, and you get Sid's memory, which is uh, that Memoria vanished 50 years ago, and his grandpa uh, went to look for it in the family airship. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of a sudden, kind of this airship becomes important yeah. in a weird way when you were just kind of treasure hunting for, for timeless power earlier. And a cutscene at the end of the chapter shows a mysterious black mage woman ringing the bell. Is she responsible for this? Who knows? I, yeah, even I've seen the ending. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm kind of is the answer. The, uh, and, and that ushers into chapter two, Fires of Dark Intent, um, which it sounds like a Darkest Dungeon narration. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, it sounds, to life it sounds, it sounds like the Dark Intent. It sounds like a Batman uh, like sub arc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like with the Firefly, which would be <laughs> Yeah. Um, you wake up in the morning, Raffaello is missing, and everyone flips their fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, like, yes, if a baby just crawls away in the middle of town, like, that's probably cause for alarm, mm-hmm. assuming you want that baby to be okay. <laughs> but, like, the, the the fact that, like, literally, and also, how did this happen? Why weren't you watching this baby? Like, <laughs> they don't treat it like a baby at any point. <laughs> like, it's just that I love this thing that clearly should have free range of the town and be able to do whatever it wants as long as we're protecting it, but wherever it wants to go. It's like that NES game where the baby crawls to the right and you have to, like, shoot obstacles around it. Like, you know, nobody, like, thinks to pick it up because it's a baby. Yeah. Nobody thinks to say, like, hey, maybe you should be in a pack and play and I'll put, like... Uh, some kind of like plank over the top with a with with a weight on it, so because you can fly. Yeah, like we we put we restrain babies. Yeah, we put them in baby jail. Yeah, babies go in baby jail all the time. They go in like little baby jails in the car, baby jails in the room. Like we do everything to keep babies from being able to have free will. That everyone in this town, despite their love of Raffaello, decided to give him free will sight unseen. Well, you know, if you don't let them make their own mistakes, they'll never learn. I guess that's true. Yeah. I just like I want the 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 sequence where like Raffaello has to smoke a full carton of cigarettes <laughs> while Sherma watches. <laughs> like, 
Cough, cough. <laughs> it is, this oh, tastes Raffaello. good. Raphaello's getting the wrong message from this. Yeah. I'm immortal. Mommy wants uh, me to smoke, so I should. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you go, you go trying to find uh, this wayward sky baby, and uh, <laughs> uh, this is kind of the introduction to the quest marker kind of thing. Again, you shouldn't be wandering through this town. It should be like Final Fantasy Tactics. Just press a button that takes you to the relevant spot. Yeah, I mean, nice. And and in this industrial part of town, you're into Freya, and this is the town's blacksmith. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> yeah. And uh, you're introduced to the to the appraisal system with this, but uh, uh, more importantly, you have these uh, enemies who are going to cast slow, uh, which kind of immediately switches you to in, uh, into a different gear of the way that you're approaching uh, these encounters. Yeah, slow is a really serious uh, status effect, mm-hmm. and until you can get um, a trinket that like protects against it, it's it's a real bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, since I ended up playing. Um, Either having slow scrolls or playing as the white mage, I ended up slowing my opponent whenever this happened, oh, just yeah. to even the odds. Um, but it is it is a kind of a death knell if it's untreated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> knell. So slow is something that we're gonna have to deal with throughout the rest of the game, and uh, different classes have different you know d- different uh, uh, options for dealing with it. But um, yeah, the boss here is a uh, a skeleton shade. Right, so it's a gigantic mm-hmm. skeleton. This is the first boss to cast slow, and because all bosses hit really hard, um, this reduces the number of opportunities that you have to do damage and increases the number of uh, opportunities no he has to do damage to you. Yeah, he also poisons you. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there's a lot of uh, so scrolls are a really huge thing in rogue roguelikes in this game. It's no different, where like you get consumable items, and like one of the neat things about how this game interacts with the Final Fantasy playset is that uh, you know, like everyone, when I end a Final Fantasy game, I have like. 20 mega potions and a thousand elixirs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that in this game. Right. Um, you have to use your stuff mm-hmm. because you have a limited amount of you know space to carry it and you need it. The game is designed to where you have to use your consumables. Yeah. So if you have spells and scrolls and shit, read them. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you put this, you poison this guy, you you put him to sleep or anything like that. Like that's going to be useful, mm-hmm. and you want to do it. That even goes down to potions, right? Like if you have a potion that has a detri- uh, detrimental effect, you can throw that. Yeah, you as kick well. it. Yeah. So yeah, this is this guy. This guy's super tough. Um, but once you finally beat him, you get uh, Freya, the rest of Freya's memories, mm-hmm. and it turns out she failed to save the town from this crisis uh, because she gave them shitty weapons. Yep, she had one job to do. Yep, exactly. as the meme says. Um, but yes. uh, um, yeah, so there's a little bit more hint about what this uh, calamity is. Apparently, there's an evil deity awakening because the crystals lost their harmony. Do with it. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. Final Fantasy. <laughs> Just FYI, um, but- here's the memo from the plot. <laughs> The, the the more important thing is on your way out, you get your first job class, your first job mm-hmm. crystal, um, yeah. the Knight's Memory. And we should probably talk about the classes as they kind of come up. Yes. Um, makes sense. So the, uh, and and I didn't, did you end up figuring out with the dancer? I realized we brought that up, but we didn't really talk about it. No, I never really used it. Like I read like a like a summary of it and it just seems like a really technical kind of class that it's has similar, such a. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the thief. Yeah. It's like a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did use the thief, so I can talk about that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the but the knight is like the tank class, mm-hmm. you know. Which again, you probably could guess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I didn't so much play the knight uh, just because it wasn't different enough from the base chocobo class, which is actually really useful. Like it is, uh, it is not kind of like being naked in Final Fantasy V. Uh, there there are abilities that you get um, early on as the basic chocobo that you don't get until later on. 
like different utilities yeah. and stuff. Keep, keep in mind, a chocobo is the kind of thing you used to you could summon to fight your enemies. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're you know they're not nothing. Um, the knight I ended up using kind of a little bit in the the later mid game, mm-hmm. uh, just because they get a huge HP bonus. Yeah, and I found myself running out of HP a lot. And mm-hmm. then a lot of their moves focus on doing damage and knocking back an enemy which essentially gives you a free hit while they make up the difference, mm-hmm. make up the space. Yeah. So that's kind of the concept behind them. And so the kind of the takeaway from this, what you're given to do afterward is Freya wants you to bring some flowers to the church uh, while she repairs some steam engines, I think. Gary, you remember what this is? I took this note and I have no recollection. When Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, she, <laughs> she's going to make it so eventually you can forge. Yes. That, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And also her shop is kind of attached to this uh, uh, airship hangar which doesn't mm-hmm. come into play until later, but this is going to be where you find Sid later on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're sent to uh, to give these flowers, just essentially just like, go, this is where your next dungeon is. Yep. Um, Pastor Roche's uh, memory. Who yeah. There's there's that one, uh, the flower lady, or one of the, the salesmen in town really hates this guy. <laughs> he's to her, like, where she's just like, he's such a coward and creep. Like, she just doesn't hate, like, she really hates this guy and there's nothing to it. Yeah. Like, I never find out why. He seems like a solid um, enough guy. He's there to help hey, you. Like He's fine. Um, but this one has a, a special rule, and this introduces you to kind of the townspeople dungeons. Mm-hmm. So, like many RPGs, you know, in addition to adventuring forth, you're also rebuilding your base mm-hmm. or rebuilding your town, like Soul Blazer or, uh, you know, Bravely Default or something like that. Dark and Cloud. here, yeah, like Dark Cloud, yeah, exactly. Perfect example. Um, and here you uh, unlock each town person's functionality by going into their memories. Mm-hmm. Um, so here, and a lot of times they have a special rule. So in this one, you're blind. Right. So you have a short visibility and you have no mini map. Mm-hmm. And you miss more often. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of these special rule dungeons, you can't carry any items and you have to re-equip them later. So this is kind of a way, yeah, that really sucks. Like you have so little equipment. Like if this, like if, if, if it was a regular Final Fantasy game, even that is like uh, a pretty, a pretty bad problem. However, here it just kind of dumps everything back into your storage. I'll, 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 I'll do one better on that or one worse, I guess, is it sucks that, uh, one, to go into one of these dungeons, you have to send all your equipment to storage. Mm-hmm. If you have one potion more than your storage will hold, mm-hmm. guess what? You know, you can't do it. <laughs> Two, if you're owning a, if you have anything that's cursed, it won't allow you to take it to storage, mm-hmm. even if you're not wearing it. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to, like, go get it uncursed. So it ends up becoming this laundry list of, like, chores you have to do before you can do the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Which and means every time. It's just, it's it's a thing that you, like, a rhythm you always have to establish. Every time you leave a dungeon, go do these things because otherwise you're fucked. Yeah. Otherwise, you're, it's just going to stop you from progressing. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. So essentially, just, like, being, uh, is this one of the the dungeons that levels you down to level one yes as well yeah so no items level one you mm. just have to start from scratch and it's balanced as such it's not actually that hard it's just annoying yeah um and the, the boss is a, a poison toad mm. so he's just uh, introducing you to poison status yeah which works just like poison status in final fantasy yeah it's yeah. it's really good to use on your enemies mm-hmm. um like poison is great yeah and uh, and you find the white mage class yeah uh which uh ended up being the class that i used for the majority of the game um uh, kind of like in the other Final Fantasy games, you do get an offensive vocabulary, um, but it is it's like ready on like level three. So yeah. eventually, you get that. Um, you know, it's it's just not as offense oriented. But the huge deal here is that uh, you're not dependent on items in order to heal yourself. So it is much easier to just kind of like take a beat, heal yourself, and then get back into the fray. Yeah, you can also uh, slow enemies, mm-hmm. which is a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and those were the two abilities I ended up using. I ended up using the, the white mage kind of for the mid game or the later mid game kind of. Yeah. Um, but I didn't end up using him here because it is, he, you know, he does do less damage. Yeah. Even though he's super cute. Mm-hmm. And the, the big reason you're unlocking 
Pastor Roche's memories is because he allows you to switch job classes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and also you can go to him to uh, to to clear any items of curse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's also a mirror here that lets you go into old dungeons mm-hmm. uh, to grind, which I did a lot of. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't expect to, but I had to do a lot of that, <laughs> and that's when I kind of hit that difficulty wall. Which it's gonna be interesting talking to you about it because it sounds like you didn't hit it like really, and I wonder what was different about how we were playing. I have a suspicion, which we'll, I'll talk about when we get there. But <laughs> I definitely, and I think it's it's just class based because I ended up using the thief who focuses a lot of on evasion, and just didn't end up fighting as much. Right. So I was much lower level. Yeah, I think that actually accounts for it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the thief is very good, mm-hmm. but don't use it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, the thief is there to, uh, for, for, for special things after you've already eaten your vegetables. Exactly. He's a dessert thief. Yeah. Dessert. So. This is son of a bitch. That's, <laughs> that's my ice cream. I saw this pie cooling on a window. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with your pie thief, you yep. abscond into the night, but as a white mage, you you know open up the church and uh, you go back to Sid. I I love Sid's voice actor for this. Yeah, he's he's very calm and collected. Yeah, he's just a dude. Yeah, yep. but he's uh, he's he's more and more interested about posting up in here. And I, I just you know because Chocobo can't talk or only Ch- uh, Sherma can you know understand him. I was thinking like, Doc, like take me back home. I don't want to be here. Everybody here <laughs> yeah. sucks. I'm a bird. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I'm not gold. I can't fly. The, yeah. Um, yeah. So so but you you know and you're you're a heroic little guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you're introduced to some kind of optional. Dungeons you can do here before the main dungeon of this chapter. Right. Um, we're gonna we'll go through these real quick and just kind of say the concept yeah. behind them. Um, and these unlock merchants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Medit's memories. Uh, this is the, the you know this is the potion merchant kind of guy. Uh, this is bombs and potions. So you're fighting mostly bombs who will self destruct at any given moment. Uh, but uh, there are potions, both damage uh, curing and damage uh, dealing, that uh, you can use to deal with that. Yes, and uh, it's teaching you that, you know, you may find an exploding potion. Uh, don't drink it, but if you kick it at an enemy, it does good damage. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the most useful merchants in the right. game. Yeah. Um, and the next two I didn't use at all. Um, so the, Maris uh, is a fishmonger. Didn't you take advantage of the fishing system, Gary? No, it's not a system. There's no fishing <laughs> minigame. It is literally, it's not even a quick time event. It's like, <laughs> do you want to fish? Yeah. Here's an animation and a chance it was successful. Yeah. Yeah, this... And about half the time you win fucking pop-up cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this game is no Breath of Fire 3. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like any, even a game with a worse fishing system. Like it's no <laughs> Deadly Premonition. <laughs> like it is not, not a good fishing system. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, Maris's Memories. This one's actually really tough. Um, yeah. This is the one that is the the kind of the most unique that you're going to see for a good long while. You're fighting a hallway of enemies, and it's really just kind of like trading blows. And then if you make a retreat, that buys you like a single turn to heal. But there, you know, it's it's no no items, no etc. So you have to kind of go through these and really conserve your resources. Yeah, and this one doesn't uh, de-level you. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think there's a ma- maximum level, but you want to go in at a certain level. The maximum level is something ridiculous, like sixty. Yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, you can do it sooner than that, but you may be under leveled for it first. And then there's Floor's Memories, which this is one of my favorite mm-hmm. trick dungeons, yeah. um, where you have one HP and all the enemies do as well. So it's about teaching you to get the first blow mm-hmm. in and just find situations where you can do that, um, even if it involves like kicking, you know, a useful like a Gaiashi green at something. <laughs> it's you know you'll do that even though it's a more valuable resource, just because if you don't, you'll die. Yeah. Um, and this this reads more like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like this dungeon quite a bit. Yeah, I wish there were more like this. And the one <laughs> and the ones that are like this later on take away the the the, the balance of the one HP. 
um, yeah. in order to, uh, I don't know, punish you. Yeah, they're not very good. Yeah. Like the, the, the bonus dungeons after this are not great. Um, and that's not even going into the end game bonus dungeon, which neither of us spent very much time with. Right. Um, and the, what this unlocks, I didn't end up using, you get seeds. Um, so you can actually go and plant them in a garden mm-hmm. eventually. Um, and if you, you know, do so, um, they will grow into plants that you can use as items, yeah. but it's kind of a crapshoot and involves a lot of that traversing. So like they won't grow right away. You have to go to a dungeon, do it, and then they'll grow. Or then you get to water them, then go to another dungeon. and then they'll. <laughs> so that's yeah. a pain. If this was a Dreamcast game, it would be a VMU module. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which would be cool. Yep. The, um, the, and the, the items, some of them are really great. I was reading about them online. And it's like, this gives you 600 job points. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. Like I would love to have a plant that just allows me to like level up a class really fast, but yeah. it was not worth the the effort. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 story progression here is that uh, Raffaello goes into the mines and opens up a phoenix shaped hole, uh, which is the kind of the introduction to these guardian dungeons. Right by yes. awakening uh, Freya, you determine like oh she's the flame oracle. And uh, we'll, we'll learn about that later, but these are kind of the, the final exam uh, dungeons for any of these given chapters. Yeah, like it, that's the rhythm is there's going to be one main ju- dungeon and then a couple of mandatory smaller story dungeons and a couple optional ones per chapter. Um, so this is the fire-based one, and we're introduced to a couple of new concepts, um, one of which are these uh, holes in the floor that will either be send you to a merchant mm-hmm. or send you to a dueling room. Mm-hmm. Um the merchant is Merchant Hero X, so it's Mog, and uh, he will buy and sell things for more money than in the store, mm-hmm. which is very very cool. Um, and he always has a valuable item behind him. Yeah. Um, that, that item always at first is the thief memory. Yes. So stealing that gets you a new class. However, when you take that, he just goes completely bonkers on you. Yeah, he, he summons Dungeon Hero X, and you have to fight him, and Dungeon Hero X gets two turns for every one of your turns and can one-shot you with a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a really consistent way to get away with things. Yeah, run left and up. Yeah, like da- down, left, up. And he will usually kick you all the way t- to the exit, and all you have to do is hit the exit. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes this can fuck up, though. If he does a certain move initially, you won't be able to get out of the way in time. Or mm-hmm. we do the, like, 777 x-beam attack thing yeah. and then you just die you can't teleport out of here or anything right um so having an uh, item that lets you randomly teleport on the floor you're on is really useful mm-hmm. um in case he does that move yeah and then later he learns some some, some tricks he can instantly teleport to block you mm-hmm. and stuff like this gets harder as you go yeah um and you don't really have to do it for other than the first one like you do get good items mm-hmm. from from doing it um, but the first one to get the thief's memory is the only really useful one. Um, yeah. And that was what I used for a lot of the game. And this is a thing in roguelike games, right? Like, I know that Spelunky does this, stealing from the merchant kind of thing. Like, yeah. that that pops up. Yeah. Like, and uh, so the thief is evasion-based, has the highest evasion mm-hmm. in the game, so a lot of enemies will miss. Um, all of its moves are cheap. Like, they cost one mana, and they're like a throwing dagger that inflicts a status effect. Mm-hmm. Um, which are really useful. Like you can blind and poison enemies right away, um, which is really great. And then eventually he gets mapping items. So he can, you know, search out the, the floor and have the full map. So you can kind of make a beeline to the exit if you want to, which mm-hmm. is probably what I was doing that fucked me over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah. Is really, it is really powerful. His his attacks, his his moves are very cheap and good. Yeah. I so. mean, it's something you said in one of your like Binding of Isaac t- uh, tutorial videos, but seeing the map is a defensive attack. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, being able to see the maps is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, the dueling rooms, uh, you fight a mini boss, 
Um, sometimes they're actually they're harder than the actual boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you beat them, you just get a lot of resources and uh, are able to skip the floor. Yeah. I read that there was a way to tell the difference between the two of these. Like they, they you know, they always pop up on roughly the same floors, but the, the the portals to them look very similar to each other. Okay. Yeah. I assume that they were the same and it was random, but maybe they're. I, I never found a difference. Yeah. But I believe that. that there is one. Yeah. They're both vaguely beneficial in their own way. I like the yeah. merchant because it forces you to make decisions about your stuff before you know what it is most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love, like running into a merchant was is a god godsend. You can resupply too, which is really mm-hmm. important. Um, super good. Um, in this dungeon, you're introduced to bombs, which uh, self destruct, and the elementals, um, which there's one for every dungeon that has an element. Mm-hmm. And uh, these things, you know, hit pretty hard, and you only do one damage to them. Um, but they only have four hit points. Yeah. So it's not actually that bad. Yeah. So, but no matter how much you level up, they're always going to uh, kind of take the same amount of time, the same amount of uh, turn opportunities. Yeah, and you can slow them or poison them and kind of mess with that. But for them, or you can get uh, gauntlets mm-hmm. that do more da- that allow you to do two damage to them. But th- those are kind of the new enemies here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this takes you further in. This is the first uh, the first dungeon with a checkpoint. This has twenty floors. After ten floors, halfway through, uh, you're given a new memory, um, the Black Mage memory, um, mm-hmm. which uh, I use this a little bit, like. You know, you just get some elemental capabilities and then some tag along, um, you know, buff kind of skills for reducing some some damage. You get those on the white mage as well. Uh, but uh, this ended up not being as useful for me because of the damage dealing stuff that was non-elemental on the uh, on the white mage. Yeah, it depends on. Um, so the, the one thing that's different in these classes we didn't talk about is that they also have different uh, HP and MP restoration rates mm-hmm. and the or SP is what they call it in this. And I think the black mage has the highest SP restoration yeah. rate because you're pretty useless unless you're casting spells. Mm-hmm. So I ended up using it for a little while at the end, just because I, it was able to, I was able to get it pretty powerful pretty quickly. And I was just able to use my skills. Mm-hmm. Like the end of this game becomes really about skills. Like you can't really toe to toe with anything. Yeah. Um, at least for me. So the uh, I ended up using it a little bit there, but it's yeah. I mean we know what a black mage is. Yeah, like it's a black mage. Uh, one other wrinkle for this: a black mage gets the the uh, access to the most abilities that do damage to multiple squares. Yes, like there's a quake attack that is downright essential for later challenge dungeons. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this uh, kind of kicks you back out. You get a memory of Freya stopping someone's rampage, and you find out yes, she is indeed the Oracle of Fire. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're back out at her shop, she gives you the amulet, amulet of fire, which uh, sends you further into the dungeon. Yeah. You open this checkpoint gate to get further in. Um, you run into this black mage girl that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And uh, she warns you and says that you're stealing Memoria's future. Yeah. Which, like, knowing what happens, I don't know if that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at least in her mind, she's protecting um, she's yes. protecting Memoria and the By people within battle. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this kind of, it makes it a little bit more nuanced than, oh, pure evil versus pure uh, pure good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the the upper echelon or the lower, I never got a sense if you're going up or down in these. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, weird. Yeah, between uh, floor uh, 10 and 20, you're introduced to monster houses, which are not those crazy enemies from Final Fantasy VII, but just a room <laughs> that when you walk into it spawns I think just every space gets a monster in it. <laughs> yeah. Every space that isn't, uh, you know, occupied by a treasure. Mm-hmm. And those enemies, those rooms have a lot of treasure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, ultimately, I ended up really liking yeah. those. Um, because if you can back off into a hallway, you know, you're just uh, sitting by and, and, and taking guys on one at a time. Mm-hmm. You can do it. 
you know, if you have the proper abilities and you get just tons of experience and items for it. Um, but if they come at a, at a shitty time, you're kind of fucked. Mm -hmm. Like I also had opportunities where that would happen and it's like, well, I can't do this. I have to just teleport out of the dungeon because otherwise I'll die and lose all my shit. Right. Yeah. So I, I had to flee from this and, uh, boy, when you have a whole monster house chasing you, it makes the rest, it makes the rest of the level pretty fun. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, um, we should say like real quick that um, unlike some roguelikes, uh, enemies respawn mm -hmm. in this game, and also you can run in place to regain SP and health at so the expense like of, of hunger too. Yes, and different and classes like have different hunger burn as well. Yep, yep. yep. And so a lot of times my MO would be like to get you know explore the floor fully, get to the staircase, and then run in place until my stuff regenerated. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that would work, but sometimes enemies <laughs> would spawn really close and just come in and wreck my shit yeah and uh like if you are moving quickly like just without thinking about it treating this like it's a zelda game where you're running from place to place boy do your enemies move quickly too yeah you'll run into them yeah so it, it's weird i wanted to be able to zoom out mm -hmm. like Me really too. badly and it's intentional that you can't like mm -hmm. you're only supposed to be able to see about three spaces in front of you but i would love to have been able to see a little bit further yeah that led me that led me to some trouble Um, so you run to the boss for this, which is the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Has a creepy lady face. Yeah, it's just it's like the Phoenix, like we all know, except with a human face. <laughs> I don't get it. Yep. Um, but uh, this is a pretty difficult boss fight. Like they're doing different stuff than you've seen in the many bosses up to this point, right? Like as it moves, it'll leave these uh, uh, fire trails, which change the navigable portions of the map for you. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also little baby phoenixes. Yeah, that she summons are cuter than her. <laughs> and she will, she will. She will also kind of post up out of reach of you, and yeah. uh, some form of ranged attack is necessary here uh, if you're not yeah. going to want to wait for her to come back into melee range. Yeah. Um, after you beat her, you get memories of the town kind of burning to death, and you also get her uh, magicite. Mm -hmm. which like those are a weird thing because it's a consumable item <laughs> and before i realized you could go back and fight dungeons again i was like man it's gotta be really important when i use this fucking thing <laughs> yep. and then that ultimately ended up being how i beat the game was the fact that i'd spent so much time grinding <laughs> on 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 phoenix and uh and the next boss and leviathan that i ended up having just an inventory full of these things yeah and the phoenix one is great because it does damage heals you of everything and gives you re-raise holy shit yeah, so it's it's really really good. <laughs> yeah, so I lost this magicite, like just did a stupid death in the next dungeon that I did. I was like, oh no, mm. yeah, oh well. But that replaying is good because like if you go back and do this last leg of the dungeon a couple more times, you're going to be over leveled for what comes next. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So Raffaello wakes up from an egg. He got back in an egg, and now he's a boy. <laughs> he decided to grow up, is what he says. Yeah, I wish he'd fucking grow up. <laughs> Ah. This is this is Raffaello at his most interesting, but also most intolerable during this chapter. <laughs> yeah, childhood. Like he's a sim. It's infant, childhood, young adult, and then adult. Yep. Yeah. This yeah. is a uh, Moonlight in the Water. Mm -hmm. My favorite yeah. Soft Boys album. <laughs> so. He's excited about walking, even though he can fly, because he's down to earth. He just wants yeah. to be one of the one of the fellas. I just, I love him. <laughs> I just I fucking love him. If he's not here, I just I don't feel like I'm yeah, complete. I feel uncomfortable. I just um, you know he he yells at me for calling him ten times a day, but I just want to know that he's safe. Yeah. 
Um, this introduced that fishing mini game that we talked about. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, the bucket and the shed. Yeah. Um, You're also introduced, uh, re- reintroduced to Volg, who shows up. This is the first time he's popped back up. Yep, hanging out at the, the public square, making it more dignified. <laughs> and uh, the water in the public square, however, has turned black and toxic. Yes. And, uh, you know. Nobody remembers who the water oracle is. Yeah, because that fucking bell. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, back by the pond, uh, Raffaello admits to being a psychopath. He, like, he says something, I'm not quoting verbatim because I didn't write it down, but it's along the lines of, I think about hurting people and I feel nothing. Yeah, he <laughs> says that. He says something like, what is self-loathing? Have you felt self-loathing? Like, oh, Raffaello, like, if I got a thing or two to teach you. Yeah, Sherma tells me this is self-loathing. Like, Sherma and Raffaello are having conversations that are very interesting that we're not privy to. <laughs> we just get the shitty fallout from it. Yeah, all we have to do is go babysit him, whereas, like, the two of them actually are having these, like, discussions about growing up. <laughs> it's very weird. Yep. Fucking Raffaello. <laughs> Uh, but after this, you get a you get a chore to take uh, biscuits from Stella to Meha uh, in mm-hmm. the diner, and uh, this is my favorite little beat. I want to make this like an animated GIF of this, so I can, if I can get a good uh, capture, uh, Chocobo sitting down outside the diner and sipping on his coffee with his legs just kind of do 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 do, yeah, hanging it's, off it's the chair. Really cute. There are, there are a couple little interactable things you can do that. Uh, do something similar in the bed. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in Stella's house, you can jump on the bed and like kind of kick your feet and daydream for a second. Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> Later in this chapter, you get a you get a seesaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 as delightful as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, at the uh, the diner, there's um, there's Maya mm-hmm. is in there, and uh, you have to deal with her memories. Yes, this is a real step up in difficulty. Yeah, I, I this didn't. I think my thief skills were working out for me here. Mm. My difficulty step up happened later. You mortgaged your future. <laughs> I did. I did. Like, I, I similar to what the black mage warned me of. <laughs> I, I mortgaged my future. Yeah, uh, this gets difficult. Uh, you know, it's getting more technical as you go along. Uh, there's rust, which downgrades your equipment uh, that uh, you've been upgrading with uh, Meha, not Meha Freya. There we go. Two yeah. J's. Um, and also, uh, they're really opening up the floodgates with slow. And this is kind of where it becomes important to introduce um, resistance or uh, defensive uh, runes mm-hmm. or what have you onto your seals or emblems or whatever they're called yeah. onto your equipment because you can uh, gold equipment doesn't rust. Mm-hmm. So before you start doing this dungeon and the next like big dungeon for this chapter, you want to have a gold element to both your, your claw and your yeah. saddle. And when you move on from gold equipment, you can actually carry that uh, rune forward. Yeah, it's actually pretty friendly the mm-hmm. way that like if you've upgraded a piece of equipment and you you know, get a new piece of equipment, you'll take not only the, the runes, but also all the plus bonuses. Mm-hmm. So, like, once you get a new piece of equipment that either has an attribute you want or a higher stat maximum, it's actually pretty player-friendly, you know, the way that you can transfer. Yeah. I, at least I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I was always very satisfied whenever I uh, made those upgrades or found a new one. Like, it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, is, it is very effective at hitting that dopamine squirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the boss here is uh, is a Sahagin, um, mm-hmm. and uh, this is more about managing ranged attacks. Most of the bosses before you could get the first hit off on, uh, but this guy he uh, uh, is really good at hitting you when you can't hit him. Yep, and I I just ended up healing through it, like I ended up taking in this fight, mm-hmm. um, and you get the dragoon's memories. Yeah, this is good. I liked this better than the knight, even though it serves a pretty similar purpose. It's a little bit more distance. Yeah. Focused on a little less tanky. Right. Uh, but you um, still get a, uh, uh, you know, I was dealing with more HP here uh, than I was with my white with my uh, white mage. So I liked still having that distance attack. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it's a good class. Yep. And I've said it before. If there's a dra- uh, Dragoon class, I'm going to want to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good class. Mm-hmm. The uh, Yeah, so Maya tells you after you've done her memories that she thinks that her fear broke the crystals and she is actually the Oracle of Water. Right. And uh, upon hearing this, Raphaela raises a shrine to Leviathan out of the rich part of town. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <a> good sentence. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, Raphaela, the baby, the winged baby who has from an egg, rises a shrine to Leviathan in the rich part of town. Yeah. And, you know, I'm at the bar being all like, does anybody think this is fucked? And people are yeah. all like, we're not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What's Raffaello up to? He raised a shrine. What have you done? Got your memories back, you asshole. That's all I do. Every day I'm memory in. Yeah. Uh, but Sid, being ever helpful, decides to keep on working on his airship. Yeah, Sid, Sid, who's your partner, like just, you know. Who apparently is not useful in dungeons in any way. Yeah. Just hangs out and works on his car yeah. while you while you go into the Water Guardian's uh, big dungeon for this chapter. Yeah, this is and this is a thirty-four dungeon. Every <laughs> chapter has a higher number of floors, um, which is a, a pacing thing. I think mm-hmm. kind of a pacing problem to where by the end you're exploring the largest dungeon, but because they're randomized and not designed, mm-hmm. the scenery gets really boring. Yeah, and it becomes very iterative. Like you end up having to make a lot of trips in there because you have to just make a lot of progress. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep, not sure what purpose making them longer serves. Yeah, uh, just in the, I mean, the game. This has a lot of content to mm-hmm. it. This game, even without the end game dungeon stuff that we didn't do like it's a long game yeah it's um, like 28 hours which is much more than yeah. we would regu- regularly do for a uh standard episode of the game or of the show yeah. right yep yeah no. but uh yeah this uh it kind of leans into the the, the the rust aspect of this if you walk into it not prepared with your gold your, your gold uh, equipment it's going to go away yep yeah, and uh there are also these specters that um cause you to get hungry and curse mm-hmm. your stuff um, and you run into confusion here, which operates, you know, your your inputs are not reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, it wears off very quickly, luckily. Yeah. So as long as you're not in a fight, yeah. you can usually just kind of run it off, like if you get trapped. But <laughs> if there's a fight there, it can be tough. And if you get a confusion rune, oh boy, put oh, that on yeah. your shit right away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you, because like poison is nice because every, you know, every turn gets them to uh, whittle down their HP. But if you can get them to waste attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of different, like, really good runes. Like, Confusion's really good to add to your thing. Um, sleep is actually really shitty because, you like, I mean, you put them to sleep, if, and then if, once you hit them again, they'll wake up, and then they'll do a turn. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the times, like, it doesn't seem like it netted me turns. Um, blind is weirdly useful. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you know, obviously, them, you know, again, just getting them to waste turns mm-hmm. is, is what you want. Yeah, and this is even outside of the ones that just break the game, kind of, like the one that like, makes you hit three spaces in front of you. Oh, yeah, the trident. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is just, okay, aggro these enemies, run into a hallway, and hit all of them at once. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like, only one of them can hit you. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the boss here is pretty fun. Uh, this ends up being the uh, four elementals. They're summoned by our black mage uh, woman. And mm-hmm. uh, they're just regular black mages, but uh, you're fighting more than one of them uh, in a room where you can't really uh, winnow them down to a hallway. Yeah, or just regular elementals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, she says if you try to change the effect while ignoring the cause, the inevitable effect is destruction. Yes, and then she drags on her cigarette and then looks yeah. out over those Paris skyline with yeah, ennui. And, and then and then she uh, pops in the fourth season of The Wire <laughs> and uh, and gets the next lesson. That's my favorite season. It is the, the my favorite season, but that's a wire-ass m- message. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. At the end of this, uh, or this next uh, checkpoint, you get the scholar's memories, mm-hmm. which I never got. It's kind of a mix between the white mage and a thief. Yeah, but it, I didn't ever end up using it. It ends up it's being. Cute. I've I've read some like overpowered. Oh yeah, he's got his little mortar board on. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, like you know, there's there some really overpowered strategies you can use with it, where it kind of feels like the uh, the mathematician from Final Fantasy Tactics. Hmm. Um, yeah. Like it just gives you a bunch of uh, a bunch of abilities that otherwise you would not be able to get. Uh, but uh, just in the moment without wanting to take advantage of that, it seemed more straightforward to stay the course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's that sunk cost. Like I'm, I'm used to this moveset, even though like you can experiment. There's just nothing like it's going to take a dungeon run to grind up a couple of job levels yeah. to do so. Um, you get to the boss of this Leviathan, who's super interesting. He's all about uh, positioning you in different ways. Like he has these these uh, a tidal wave that just does a lot of damage that knocks you back, and a tsunami which spins you around. And depending on where you're at in relation to the kind of the obstacles in the room, that can kind of fuck you up and put you behind, you know, put him behind cover. Yeah, and you have to burn turns to get back to him um, yeah. or into position. Uh, you know that that'll let you do damage to him. Yeah, and also it plays the Four Fiends music, which is my favorite boss music in the series. So. Yep, it, yeah, it's super good. Every time I, I didn't always recognize the music because even though I know Final Fantasy music pretty well, um, it's not always fresh. But every time I would get that that feeling of recognition, it was like really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like I don't know what's like it's crazy because if we played another series or if we played another game that was obviously reusing music or reusing compositions, would that like is it just a crass nostalgia play? Um, it just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because, yes. because I, I, feel, I feel weird praising the game for doing it, but it, it worked on me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Um, it's because if they had written like Final Fantasy games, don't really have music like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like if they had done new music, it would sound. I think it would be worse. Mm-hmm. Like those. Are, you know, it, it's a range. Like uh, Nobuo Uyatsumatu was the the music supervisor mm-hmm. on this game, so he worked on these arrangements. Yeah. Um, you know, or oversaw them at least. But they're all his compositions, which is the best Final Fantasy music. We didn't talk about. Um, Dungeon Hero X is theme when you actually uh, steal from him, which is the man with the machine gun from <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII. Yep. And that's really cool, too. Like, it just, like, gets you pumped. Yeah, and it's, I, I liked all those ones from the later games as well. Yeah. Like, where they yep. where, where they decided to pull them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, killing Leviathan gets you his mandesite, uh, but more importantly, uh, it advances the plot. You get some more memories of the people who died. Uh, they seem to make a big deal about this dragoon and Zeke dying, but I have no idea who the dragoon I, or I Zeke are. Yeah, <laughs> Zeke is. Yeah. But you learn about the uh, the destroyer, which I think this mm-hmm. is the first time he's been mentioned by name. Um, he is a beast who feeds on emotion. And you hear Paul F. Tompkins, our mayor, yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about how we have to sever our humanity and scatter the oracles so we can starve the beast. Yes. So that's the reason why all this is going on, which is kind of like, that's, that's valid. I like that. It's like, good. It, yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool story beat, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Raffaello opens up from a cocoon yeah. again, and now he's a teen. He's like <laughs> a sullen teen. He's morose. And we're in chapter four, Seeking the Light.
So along with Raffaello's older, more morose attitude, he starts being kind of scared of himself. That self-loathing from before has turned into a fear of this other, darker version of him that happens to uh, inhabit the same body. It inhabits all of us, really. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Shurma has a, you know, joins me in having a nightmare about Raffaello. Um, <laughs> Where's Raffaello? In my head. He's in, he's in my fucking dream. He's in the corner whenever you're not looking at it. <laughs> the, um, so because she has that nightmare, you have to enter her nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're entering yeah. Shurma's nightmare. Yeah. And this introduces you to Curls, which happen to be uh, the reverse of Slow right they yes. move twice for every one of your uh moves so they will either get two attacks off on you or close the distance very quickly yeah so these guys you have to use a thing on them mm-hmm. like you have to use some kind of status on them either a consumable or a spell to slow them down mm-hmm. uh, eventually you get to the boss which is an iron giant shade which is really tough i mm-hmm. think like super high physical defense and uh can kind of knock you back has really hard-hitting attacks the only kind of saving grace is he has low accuracy so he's likely to miss, but he doesn't mm-hmm. always miss. Yeah. Yep. And these uh, start showing up as regular enemies later on, which are always uh, a concern. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Um, but yeah, Sherma's, you know, the memories that are unlocked, the monologue there, some kind of horrible recollection of a, of, of a truth about Raffaello. So, uh, <laughs> shits to you townspeople <laughs> yeah. like, I... well she never she never acts on it though mm-hmm. like the entire game she still just like loves Raffaello mm-hmm. even though she's the one who knows this truth about Raffaello yeah it's fucking weird she's she's the she's his key proponent yeah 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 mm-hmm. and she's a single issue voter <laughs> vote yes on Raffaello <laughs> alongside this uh there is a memory vortex with uh with Stella uh, which gets you into a fun little, it's almost like a mini game, the the, the goblin challenge uh, with these goblins of different sizes that uh, will attack you and then run away. Uh, and the the best way to do this is to be a black mage and then just quake them to death. I, uh, I this wouldn't, I read about this online, but it wouldn't unlock for me. Oh, really? Like, I think I, I didn't do it right away and then it didn't show up as an option. Oh, wow. Yeah, yes. so I don't, I don't know what happened. Because with a lot of these, they open up on a certain chapter, but they're available until the point of no return. Yeah, and maybe I just crossed that point of I, I like didn't want to do it at the time because it asked me to send all my equipment away. <laughs> so I was like, I'll go do a go to a you know a challenge that doesn't require that, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I just never came back, and then it wasn't open. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, but that is uh, that is another one of those optional ones, and the memory is uh, of uh, Stella recalling taking Sherma in uh, for her own mm-hmm. protection from this uh, from this scourge that was happening. Yep. And um, there's Dardola. Who is another restaurant tour, mm-hmm. and he has a cactor uh, themed dungeon. He's got cactors on the brain. He does, and, and these guys will attack you sometimes, but often they'll run away, mm-hmm. and they get two moves per turn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up fighting a uh, cactequila, <laughs> um, cactequila, who is the uh, the boss, which is really tough. It like runs away, but when it does decide to attack you, it hits really hard. Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is once you and this character is worthless, like <laughs> you know, but like the cool thing is once you beat him, you get a sound test. So you get a jukebox in the restaurant that you can use to play any of the songs from the game. Yeah, which uh, I I don't know. I haven't found a soundtrack download for this. That so that might be how I get the music. Yeah, it, it's open to you. Yeah. So um, there's also Harry. This is a an incredibly difficult uh, dungeon. This is the one with the zero percent hunger, uh, which you're in here, and that just means you have a limited number of um, limited number of steps you can take. So being a white mage is good because you will lose health every time you step. I didn't. I couldn't finish this one. Yeah, and I eventually decide not to and, and move on with the game. Yep. What do, What do you get for doing it? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So, sorry, I, I coughed and laughed at the same time. Nothing. Yeah, uh, put, put your hardest, you know, put nothing behind your hardest dungeon. Yep. Uh, yeah, good job. <laughs> like, Harry, he, he's still a valuable, uh, like, 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 a, like a valuable merchant. Even mm-hmm. as he forgets that he was a he was a layabout who had a kid he forgot about like <laughs> oh, you know like it's it's a fun little story beat but uh, that is much less important than the fact that he will sell you bags and let you carry more inside dungeons yeah 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 but you can do There's that also as, like or go ahead go ahead you can do that as soon as you get to the to, to the mining district anyway so yeah. Yeah. And there's one little, just a wrinkle, so nobody like calls us out for missing it. Um, the one when we were bagging on the fishing game, the real purpose of that is certain fish you can trade to one of the fat chocobos mm-hmm. in the bank to increase his storage space. Yeah. But that's just tedious, and I didn't do it. But I am aware <laughs> of it. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, so the story moves forward uh, because you're, uh, you see Volg standing there dignified. And uh, he knows where timeless power is, and also he wants you to help him solve a problem with uh, with with this woman in town, Amori. Oh, also yes. the sun the sun won't rise. So cool, yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> everything's fine. Um, this is fine. So, so you head to Amori, and Amori is really annoying and weird. Yeah, um, she's like a, she's she's really really forward in a sexual way mm-hmm. uh, to birds <laughs> in, yep. ge- in general. Yep. And she and she's animated, so her breasts bounce and stuff. And she's she's hypersexualized, like infantilized bimbo kind of thing. I, I hesitate to use that word, but that is mm-hmm. exactly what they're going for with this. Yeah, is that uh, is, is is that archetype? Um, and you think like, oh, this person looks familiar, and you go into the memories, and this is kind of a standard dungeon except with a bunch of tonberries. Yeah. I forget exactly how the tonberries articulate. I just remember they moved kind of slow and did a lot of damage, but. That, that and that's how that that's it. Yeah. Um, there are boss ones later that you can run into in dueling rooms mm-hmm. um, that are significantly harder, and they will any status effect you do to them, they can do back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to use status effects because they're really hard. So those things are really difficult. The the run of the mill town barriers are not actually that bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but uh, her memory when you when you get there, it's uh, uh, she she arrived in the town with no uh, with no recollection. You know she was she was brought here. This is Irma from the beginning mm-hmm. of the game, Volg's, uh, Volg's Sid. And mm-hmm. uh, because she had a memory and because she was pretty, everybody just kind of like patronized her until she learned this behavior. Yes. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Like the idea that like, if you show up as a blank slate, everyone around you can kind of shape you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. When she comes but, back, she's embarrassed, but she's still like super booby. Yep. And this kind of out of place sexuality, there was a Castlevania fighting game. It was like Castlevania uh, Power Stone for the Wii that uh, there was one character whose entire arc was the fact that she didn't have big boobs and she wanted big boobs. And she was jealous hmm. of anybody who had big boobs. This was Castlevania Judgment. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yep. So I don't know yeah. what it is with the Wii, but... Yeah, <laughs> just... It, it's because the, the, it's, it's for kids. It <laughs> yep. teaches kids about boob envy at some point. <laughs> Um, yeah, ugh. but um, yeah. So you get back to the town square. She's here, and she, uh, you know, eventually becomes the link to getting the airship back online. But uh, Raffaello's in a sulk, and this leads to one of my favorite scenes in the game. He's in a self pity hole, and he's talking about how much he hates himself. And then Chocobo says, "I'm gonna tickle you." Yeah, and then dives on him. Yeah, there's a couple of moments where Chocobo dives on somebody, uh-huh. and it, it, it comes off as weirdly dark until you actually feel realize what's going on. Because uh-huh. he's silent, like it's just like, oh, he snapped. <laughs> like he's silent. <laughs> he has these doll's eyes that are yeah. wide open and expressive, um, up until they need to have an expression. 
Yes. And this expression is just like, uh, you know, rumpus <laughs> and, uh, and jumps all over Raffaello and makes him feel better. Um, which I really wanted, since Chocobo is silent, I wanted him to hate Raffaello too with me, but he, you know, and just be like, whatever, I don't know what these people are talking about. But, yeah. you know, he likes him too. Well, well, no, maybe he thinks that every time he goes into a dungeon, Raffaello's going to be at the end and he can kill him. Yeah, or eventually he just goes into enough dungeons that Raffaello, you know, hatches from an old man or from a egg as a skeleton or an old man. <laughs> you know? Man, an old man hatching from an egg. That's some, that's some good imagery. <laughs> I'd like is. to have seen that. That's huh. why not in Bloodborne. Yeah, my dick um, <laughs> but but uh but yeah the, the 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 plot moves forward and uh you get more of uh Sherma's recollections she is kind of in these crazy fugues as uh as as the truth gets closer and this ends up being kind of a a, a standard dungeon except pit traps show up which drop you either uh either drop you a floor or move you a floor up yeah yeah oh. hmm. um which is, which is kind of a pain um you fight the lamia shade um, which is essentially just like caster. Like she's not that complicated, but she can yeah. confuse you. So if you don't have protection against that, that's a real pain. Yeah. Uh, but the takeaway here is that Sherma was actually trying to destroy the bell around the time of this catastrophe. And this black mage that you've been seeing is Chroma. Uh, no, not the giant sphere sub boss or optional boss from Final Fantasy IX, uh, but Chroma, <laughs> uh, who is actually Sherma's sister and the one who taught her white magic. Yes. Um, and Sherma, it turns out, is the guardian of light. Or the, the her, light oracle. I, I'm sorry, I transcribed yeah. that wrong. Yeah, It's okay. The, uh, the light oracle. And uh, her staff is the second hand from the clock tower, which once you put that on, time comes back. Mm-hmm. The sun can rise, and uh, you can go into the final dungeon. As uh, Raffaello admits, um, he has these dreams in his cocoon mm-hmm. while he's there, yeah. which, again, is just nobody seems to care. Yeah. Or you'll be alarmed or shocked or frightened. <laughs> yep. Just let, let Raffaello be Raffaello. Raffaello's got a raff. Yeah. Yellow. There there are some kind of shitty optional dungeons you can do before this. Roddy's Memories, uh, Basic Hard Dungeon, uh, Claire's Memories, which is the 1 HP challenge, and then Charlotte, which is 1 HP and blind. There. You saw yeah. all of them. You don't have to do them. Yeah, they're annoying, and you don't get anything for doing them. Yeah. Like, just more story about these idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, this is So then you go into the Guardian of Light, and... About halfway through this is where I found I was the game was outpacing me. This is where it was too difficult for me and I had to change my tactics. This is where the dungeon uh, length really got under my skin. Yeah. Yeah, because this is 40 floors. Mm-hmm. Like, 40 is a lot. Like, that's, you know, it's it's twice as big as, the you know, the dungeon that you did before this, and four times as big as most of these optional dungeons you've been, you've been doing. Yeah. And it just gets fatiguing. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks really cool. Yeah, the theming it's is like, strong. Like, it's a clock tower. Yeah, it's this cool clock tower with a stained glass floor, and you're definitely, it seems like you're moving up. Mm-hmm. You're just going on these light panels and just kind of moving up this tower, yeah. which is very cool. But uh, it is it is a pain, and the, the enemies are hard. Right. Um, one of the mini bosses here is Chroma's Shade, um, and yeah. is basically fighting a very difficult caster uh, as you go along, which eventually gives way uh, to Chroma herself. Yes, yeah. yeah, and she teleports like this is this is hitting a moving target. Yeah, which is really difficult because most classes can shoot three squares in a straight line mm-hmm. in front of you. Like the whole game is based around that, based on the fact that that's as far as you can see. Mm-hmm. And she will move to other ends of the map. And you don't even necessarily know where she's at mm-hmm. um, because you're so zoomed in. Yeah. 
Yeah, but her whole thing here is that evil sometimes comes in the guise of a saint. Um, I don't know if she's talking about Chocobo, uh, who is selflessly plunging these dungeons, or plunging into <laughs> these dungeons, or Raffaello, uh, who everybody is treating as a saint. Yes, yeah. for some reason. Um, after you beat her, you get the uh, Dark Knight memories, mm-hmm. um, which is your boss-killing class. Um, you know, you, you exchange HP to do high-damage attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very fragile. Like, it made me wish that you could, like every other Final Fantasy game, take, you know, one set of moves from one job and be the other job. Yeah. You know? Um, because this would pair so well with the White Mage. Yep. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but as is, I just ended up using it. You know, I, I leveled it up a lot, but then just ended up using it because you can usually change job classes right before the boss. Yeah. And I just swapped them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never really pursued this. I got the sense that the Dark Knight was kind of one of those classes that would be really useful in post-game content. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's necessary. Yeah. But I'm sure it's like him and the Black Mage. But you know, spending a lot of time with. So. Yep, it was just too specialized. I, I I found something that worked and consistently worked. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yep. But later on, like as you're proceeding through this, you are now outside and on top of the tower, and uh, uh, you get to the top. You find out that Chroma has created a seal around the future. She was the person who kind of was instrumental in getting this, uh, getting Memoria sequestered off. Yes, sealer on the future, whatever that <laughs> yeah. fucking means. Um, and you run into Alexander here, which like, so we've all played Final Fantasy games. <laughs> I love we know Alexander. What Alexander is Alexander is a cool city. Like it's uh-huh. a huge like you summon the city from the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, is it a person? Is it just like, you know, it's it's really really neat. Um, and they've made Alexander suck really bad <laughs> for this game. Yep, which is why in the notes I have him written down as disappointing Alexander. Yeah, disappointing Alexander, which sounds like a drink. The, um, <laughs> He, uh, like a Brandy Alexander that, like, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't do well. It's Brandy Alexander's, uh, brother. The, um, but it, it is, uh, they give him a really dorky robot voice. Mm-hmm. Like, the dorkiest robot voice I've heard. <laughs> um, and it was really annoying, like, high-pitched, and it, it goes on about, you know, the, this whole, uh, uh, a lot of, like, just pleasantries. Like, <laughs> Final Fantasy over-dramatic pleasantries. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hero must be prepared to make a sacrifice. Yeah, it's it's so dumb. It's a yeah. bad fight too. Yeah, like um, he's got these little modules that'll go around, and you it's it's like it's Final Fantasy. You don't attack those. You attack the main guy. Yeah, like just and do well, it. the the thing is, you do attack those, but you have a party member to deal with it. Yeah, like one person on parties in Final Fantasy games rarely works. Mm-hmm. Um, like two is the minimal viable number because you need a healer and an attacker mm-hmm. to kind of stay on. And, and one-on-one fights are always really hard in Final Fantasy games. But one on, and the way they kind of ameliorate that in this game is by having that turn-based and tactical nature where you can actually make you know tactical retreats and stuff. But here, when you're fighting three things, like they just outmove you. Yeah. Like they just get to do more than you can do in any turn, even if you slow them or haste yourself. Yeah. Um, which weirdly is never called haste, and it's a really late game skill. Yeah, it's like a level seven skill for dancer and thief, I think. It's a little bit lower for white mage, but not much lower. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Alexander, this this fight also sucks because he has the ability to kind of reset the fight. He has this beam attack that uh, uh, kind of shoots. It affects you wherever you can hit him, and uh, it moves you a good deal back away from him. And uh, that uh, kind of simultaneously revives these other modules that are fighting alongside you. So whatever yeah. progress you make, aside from the damage that you do to him, uh, can be erased. Yeah, it's 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 a bummer. Um, after you beat him, 
Um, you get this memory. Uh, Sherma hesitates to unleash Alexander during the crisis. Yeah. Um, they're having, you know, the, the, this crisis is coming up. They're trying to get everybody to do their thing, and she doesn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's this wonderful line. It's like my favorite line in the game. There's a, the, the, I think it's the voice of the destroyer, maybe. You shall forget time and live a momentary eternity in a haven of superficial peace. Holy yeah, again, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, I mean, again, it, it sounds like a, you know, it sounds deeper than this game actually is. Yep. It's that weird conflict. Um, and then afterward, Raphael has gone one winged angel on this shit. Yep. Uh, he's two, he's two winged angel. So he has wings, which is a symbol of evil mm-hmm. in, uh, in Final Fantasy games. And, and he, he knows his mission. He ominously says, I know what I must do, which don't never say that. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're giving it away. Um, so yeah, he's the bad guy. Uh-huh. And uh, chapter five starts, and you're still in the same place. Dark skies, bright earth, as yes. as Raffaello uh, completely turns into the destroyer, right? He says, my feathers shall cleanse the world. And as they fly out over the town and hit people, they get their memories back and feel the anguish. Nobody wants this. Yes. Yeah, they, they asked for it. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's uh, people you don't actually want to feel your bad memories. They hurt. But in the end, we'll find out that they're necessary for growth. (laughs) That's the message. (laughs) Okay, Um, cool. So, like, you're talking about, let's say, age 18 to 22? Yeah, Okay, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, A floating fortress shows up um, Mm -hmm. that Raffaello kind of makes his home because he is the destroyer. Mm -hmm. Now, Chroma points this out, and he gets tons of eyeshadow, um, black wings, and big, like, a big, goofy, blonde-haired grin. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, He turns real gothic. Yeah. And so, uh, what was it like? Sherma says, but Raphael was born a baby. Yeah, Chroma says, that was brag. part of his plan. That, that's such a good exchange. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to start just saying that to people to insult them. Like, you were born a baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's all part of my it's plan. Like the, it's like that three-word phrase comic. Like, man, mom, what are you doing with this stupid little guy in all these pictures? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was you. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> Yep. So you yeah. were born a baby, and that was part of your plan. Whereas Chocobo was apparently not born a baby. Chocobo was hatched from the light eternal. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, he's, um, he's sprung yeah. fully formed from the godhead. Yeah, <laughs> from the Sid head. <laughs> this yes. is my head. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is my head. Yeah, uh, and also turns out the timeless power was actually the crystal of destruction, and I can't figure out if that was used as part of the transformation or just ends up being the thing that powers the uh, the airship later on. There, it seems like it just powers the airship. Like yeah, I don't. There, it's like they spent this whole time looking for a fucking battery. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 really inconsistent with their ontology here. Um, but there's a there, you know, there's, there's a dramatic seemingly death scene. Chroma summons Meteor to uh, to take him out, but uh, um, the, the the Destructoid throws his sword and uh, at Sherma, and Chroma decides to interrupt her casting to jump in and take that hit for the team. Yeah, takes a sword, and we should note like this this cutscene I think is like 15 minutes long. It's ridiculous. 15, yeah, this goes on forever <laughs> in this game that is like much stronger mechanically than it is story wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is a weird, it becomes, when I talk about the pacing, it becomes this weird section where the dungeon sections are too long and the cutscenes are too long. Yeah. Like I just need half of each interspersed. Like the same amount of content would be fine, but just break it up better. Yeah. Than this. And like, where does, like, where does this game get off? Only we're allowed to get longer <laughs> as we go on longer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Like only we can spiral out of control. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the Metal Gear Solid episode? <laughs> Too close, Dungeon? 
It's almost three hours, motherfucker. <laughs> um, anywho, but we're almost done with this. Yeah. Um, so everyone's real mad at you, but eventually they'll they'll talk to you and everything. And mm-hmm. uh, you go to Mayor Gale's, and uh, Irma gives you the the crystal to power the airship, the timeless power. So now you have an airship, so you can actually get up to the the tower. Um, and Chocobo's going to go with you, or Sid's going to do... You're ready to know. be fucking useful for once in his goddamn yeah. life. And you you do this, like, you push him into the water in a, a scene that looks like it had slightly different music would be sinister as hell. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you know, so it's it's because he doesn't want you to do along because you'll get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chocobo goes off alone to the Guardian of Darkness, the final set of levels. Yes. Uh <laughs> Uh, Raffaello, he practiced his raising skills with Leviathan Shrine, but now he's perfected <laughs> it into a gigantic floating fortress. Exactly. Uh, this is 50 floors of the hardest enemies we've seen so far in the game. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, is this uh, a bit of a slog. So much so that I eventually just started running. Yeah, I, I did not have fun doing this. Um, I had to grind a lot. Like, we're, we're not, I'm not talking about it, obviously, but between before the light dungeon and before this dungeon, I ended up having to do a lot of just straight up leveling. It doesn't actually take that long. Like, you no. level fairly quickly, but it's still tedious because you're fighting the same things over and over. Um, and it becomes that kind of thing, like, you know, I, I harp on JRPGs about how you're just tapping A um, over and over. But one of the things that makes that more tolerable is that you're fighting new enemies, even if they don't behave differently, and you're in new environments. So you at least have something new and interesting to look at. But I ended up looking at the water dungeon and the light dungeon for hours, mm-hmm. you know, just like like a static image of this shit. And it just got really, really, really tedious to me. Um, so it was, it was it was a slog. It was not fun to get strong enough to do this dungeon yeah no no disagreements here and i just kind of banked on rushing from checkpoint to checkpoint hoping that i would be able to cheese the bosses that's what i did too and and i was able to tease the bosses often because i had so many summoning stones mm-hmm. so specifically the phoenix one which the way that re-raise works in this game is it brings you to full health so if you can use that or use a phoenix down before you die um you're pretty much sitting pretty and you don't have to mm-hmm. heal so I ended up having like well, I've got like seven Phoenix stones. Great, you know I can use it to damage the enemy and just re-raise. Yeah. So I didn't have to grind as much as you did. Like I no. probably did like maybe one or two runs of the upper levels or lower levels, but you know the, the the highest level levels of the previous dungeon before I went into the next one in order to get myself like mostly to farm for the best for the best equipment that I, like you mm-hmm. know that that I may or may not have got organically. Um, yeah, and and the you need to have it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have the best equipment fully upgraded to make this doable. Yeah. And so like this last dungeon, like the, there are some kindnesses here, right? Like they mm-hmm. will, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty generous with items that otherwise would have made of, you know, previous encounters, you know, just kind of trivial, right? There are, there are these magic curtains or whatever that give you really high spell resistance and you want to hoard those as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. I found, you know, kind of a higher level of really good healing items here. But um, mm-hmm. what they don't do is acknowledge the fact that hunger is a thing. Yes. So that ended yeah. up being a real factor here as well. Yeah, you have to bring in a lot of greens. Like BYO lunch <laughs> on the shit. Um, there's some cool bosses. It's like the opposite some... of an Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's anti-hospitaliano. <laughs> The, uh, so, so there are a couple of cool bosses. I like Shiva a lot um, because she is 
can't do very much damage to you at all as a melee attack and spends those over time um, getting away from you or putting up walls yeah. between you and just trying to keep you away and kind of an inversion of what I've been doing to other enemies and bosses the whole game, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of dig. And she's really powerful uh, summoning her. And she wears ice skates, which is cute. Yep. And I can't believe we haven't seen that before. It's like fighting a fighting a Tron light cycle. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ifrit is pretty boring. It's basically a recapitulation of Phoenix. And Ramu, it's a it's it's a pretty fun fight. However, he looks like a plum bob from The Sims with a mustache attached to it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one goes, the, 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 this dungeon goes through the most transformations of, uh, of, of any of the others. Like it goes from kind of a standard dark dungeon to the nexus from Demon Souls with all these runes and stuff on the floor to, uh, to straight up organic. Yeah. And uh, but the music doesn't change, right. which gets annoying for yeah. fifty stages of like a good song that is very repetitive. Yeah, uh, there are also um, the, the, this infuriated me the fake stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, especially once you start. And that was one of the things about uh, being able to use the thief, which I briefly switched back to when I was just trying to rush through and still you know got my ass handed to me, is that uh, his ability to map the floor will point those out because hmm. um, they they won't show up on the mini map. Oh, where they show up as X's rather than squares. Nice, yeah. So, and so, like, like that mess with something that I thought was a kindness the game was doing to me. So this this seems to be not purely random to me. It seems mm-hmm. like it is accommodating for how many times you've been in this area. Like, the more I went through a level, it felt like it was putting the stairs closer um, to the mm-hmm. like the X's stairs closer to the entries. Now that may just be you know me seeing patterns where there are none, but these fake stairs kind of got rid of that effect for me. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh <laughs> you're right. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm 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 exhausted by this dungeon. <laughs> yep. Uh and the, then, yeah. yeah, the the, the there are also dual rooms which you uh, in which you can fight Bahamut. Yeah. And then the cool thing about the dual rooms too is that if you are just kind of zipping past things, if you can tank past him, <laughs> it's like a free getting past the floor. Yeah. Like cuz you can you can escape from a dual room. Um, for the most part. This is also where I ran into Merchant Hunter X as uh, Thief Hunter X. Yeah. Or uh, Robert Hunter X. Mm-hmm. And he stole a phoenix down from me and yeah. just ran away. I couldn't kill him. Robert Hunter X. He hunts people named yes. Bob. Yep. <laughs> it, it's the PSP remake of regular Hunter X. <laughs> um, so, yeah. but yeah, so you keep going. And uh, in between, you're getting these little Raffaello bites mm-hmm. between stages about him being conflicted. Like, there's still a little Raffaello in there. It's hard to care because I don't like Raffaello. <laughs> um, and eventually you get to Raffaello. And yeah, he's Raffaello. He, you have a refresh tile in the middle of the room, which is the biggest thing about this fight that refills your magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because roguelikes aren't meant to have boss fights. Like this is where I think the the uneasy balance this game is built up between like regular difficulty and Final Fantasy-ness spirals out of control. Yeah. You know, and, and kind of tumbles down because the fact that you're so reliant on those special skills and they have a finite you know, amount of uh, a finite use and the fact that the replenishing things, like even the, the high ethers you get only you know, restore two of your crystals uh, means that you have to have something as silly as literally like unlimited mana for the last fight. It's the get out of jail free card. Yeah. Yeah. You ha- it felt like a sloppy patch, mm-hmm. like a sloppy thing to fix a fight that w- would have been otherwise impossible. Yeah. And they couldn't have ramped down the difficulty because they'd spent so much time ramping it up until this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you raise the stakes when the thing that makes your system interesting and good is the fact that pure randomness means the stakes are relatively consistent throughout? 
Exactly. And they, and they do raise the stakes, you know, then they can you know, kind of consistently do with this boss fight, but they had to balance it because it has to have that kind of relative uh, middle ground to work as a roguelike. Like, this is the first, this whole dungeon, the, the length, and then a lot of the creatures are fighting are the first one where I was like, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I had a real strong feeling of, like, this is this is a bad mix, and I wish they had gone a little bit more in the Final Fantasy direction. Like, I could have done a gimmicky thing that didn't necessarily play by the rules of the rest of the game mm-hmm. in service of a more satisfying kind of a play conclusion to this yeah. and less, less frustrating. The fortunate part is that it had built up a tremendous amount of goodwill to this point. Yeah. So I didn't run out of steam for this. Like, it was obviously still frustrating, you know, enough to at least note it here on the show. But, um, but yeah, it just, it's just weird that it took a shit at the end because it just expanded beyond its, you know, grasp, right? Yeah, it, it is still really good. Like, I had had, in, in general, like, judging pass fail, this game passes. It's very fun. Um, I just feel like it, it lost sight at the end, which, like, we've talked about this. Games fall apart at the end. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that happens. Yep. Um, there's not that much to these fights other than the fact that, you know, you have to use your skills so yeah. much. Um, Raffaello uh, will take long breaks to allow you to hurt him. Um, I ended up using the Dark Knight for him, and he charges up these attacks, yeah. um, and he eventually turns into the God of Destruction, which kind of has these weird scorpion stingers instead of shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of visually neat. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, the, like the God of, Destru- of Destruction, he just telegraphs his attacks um, really, really strongly. Um, and the you know this dungeon had been so generous with these magic resist items that it gets you to the point where you can just cloak yourself and uh, soak his strongest attacks so that you can go in and get it like it's really no big deal yeah even then he has tons of hp and you have to just whittle him down forever um which you know so eventually you kill him and that's the the god of destruction instead um the robot parts of the tower start to power down and the shrine starts to collapse right and uh the everything just kind of starts to fall apart oh no what's going to happen chocobo's in here he's sure to die and then he jumps out and oh boy it's an airship it's being piloted by who i don't know oh it's raffaello what? Yeah, Raffaello did it. <laughs> For some reason, Raffaello did it. <laughs> yep. Apparently, he was reborn in the fires of your fight with the Destroyer. Yeah. And oh. why would they trust him again? Yep. Well, I mean, that's the, 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 that's the Hulk ending, right? Apparently, yeah. Chroma's still alive, too, even though we saw her get impaled. I, I, hate, I hated that that happened. Yep, me like, too. It felt like so, like, you were trying to, you know, you were buying unearned sentimentality, but no takebacks. Nope. Like, you, you, you spent 20 minutes of my time, like, building up that unending cutscene. Uh-huh. Like, like, this is unnecessary. It's like, oh, she's a sympathetic villain. Okay, cool. Oh, now she's dead. Well, that's a bummer. She had a personal connection Well, she, she to redeemed this. herself. Like, yeah. it's, it's, that's what, you know, it's, it's, that's what you want to have happen. Uh-huh. Like, you have a shitty, uh, you know, a shitty villain. There's a, a worse villain, and the, the shitty villain redeems themselves, um, you know, in death. And that's, like, a real satisfying thing. Yeah. And they turn out to just be alive, like... <laughs> Who gives a shit, man? Yep. Um, uh, it was all a yeah. dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, with the with the Destroyer gone uh, and his vessel now back as just a regular boy, um, <laughs> Memoria rejoins the world, right? Yes. Yep. And uh, you get this credit sequence that uh, has the, an anime as hell singing <laughs> pop song thing over photos from our friends that we've met yeah. kind of doing fun stuff. And eventually there's a post credit scene where Raffaello leaves on Sid's airship um, in order to atone for his sins. Yep. He will he will learn his mem- dun, learn dun, his dun, lesson. Dun, yep. Dun, dun, exactly. Dun, 
Let's talk about the post-game content. Yeah, which I didn't do very much of. Neither did I. Yeah, uh, um, it's there for somebody, though. Yep. Um, so Volg, you could get into his memory earlier, but it's really not worth doing because it's a boss rush. Uh, and it is really meant for uh, a high-level uh, character who can survive that. Yep. Um, there's Chroma's Future, which is a really hard just kind of dungeon. Um, it's super hard enemies, and then eventually you fight three Chroma Shades instead of just one, which is fucking intolerable, <laughs> seems like. And then uh, Chocobo's Memories, which is a 100-floor dungeon, um, that feels like a roguelike. Like you're just going to be making iterative process into the, or progress into this huge dungeon, mm-hmm. and uh, it just gets harder and harder. And that's what a lot of roguelike games just are, without all this kind of story and, and goofiness yeah. about them. It's there if you really like it, because the the actual systems of this game are actually really good. Um, I wish it didn't like it built up a lot of goodwill. The ending by the time I ended this game, I was really ready to be done with it. Yeah. Um, so this stuff is wasted on me. But if there are people, I mean. This, this will do it for somebody mm-hmm. out there, which yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't take it away from them. Yeah. And it might do it might do it for a different version of me, too, because yeah. like the actual moment to moment in this is incredibly strong. Um, and it didn't fall apart, you know, like we said, until kind of close to the end, like after the initial like awe of the fourth dungeon of the uh, of the Guardian of Light. Yeah, um, did. And, you know, it's kind of to the point like a pure roguelike isn't isn't going to be for me. Like I kind of have to play something like Bump or 868 Hack or something like that that has either a good theme or a different mechanical twist over it. But this this super soft version of it is is just the right compromise. But I fear that, like, if I pursued the mystery dungeon quote-unquote uh kind of like subsection of this genre that uh it, it would feel like lacking specifically because i'm so attached to the final fantasy theming in this which works really really well for me yeah and, well there's two chocobos dungeon games on playstation one right um that are prequels to this that have final fantasy theming mm-hmm. and then the the uh Terneco one has dragon quest theming mm-hmm. which is also appealing yeah you know, so there, there's there's an out there for you mm-hmm. as far as if you want that. Like my big thing with this, I, I, I'm in a similar boat. Like I can't go full roguelike either. And for me, it's complexity mm-hmm. that does it. Like they are just too like rogue, you know, roguelike games, like hardcore roguelike games are based on like weirdo shit. Like, um, oh, here's a, a cockatrice, you know, that t- like uh, one of its feathers fell in this potion because the X walked over the W. Square and ass, assy, and I drank it and I turned to stone. Yeah. You know, like it's like that kind of learning process that I can't get into. Um, I do really like, I like Sharon the Wanderer a lot. Um, I like uh, the, the Unemployed Ninja. Mm. Here, the, the main name, it's like somebody, the Azuni, I think, Azuna, the Unemployed Ninja. That's a good roguelike game. Like, I can dig that kind of roguelike game. And, like, if I were you and you were looking for more of this, I would almost move, and you can get away with not having the theme, I would maybe try uh, Sharon the Wanderer. Yeah. Um, because that is a nice balance that's kind of similar to this. Yeah. It is it is Izuna, the uh the unemployed. Yeah, Izuna. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like it's uh it's 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 incredibly satisfying. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, but just like I think the thing that makes it work for me is the fact that cause and effect are pretty closely linked. Yeah. I know why I failed, whereas the times I've tried to make inroads into rogue or into net hack, um those obscurities you know, just kind of extended beyond my ability to comprehend and, you know, my ability to learn and get better for the next time around. Yeah. Which is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, my favorite moments in, in this game are the ones where like, I would end up in a room. It looks overwhelming. Like I've gotten myself into trouble. What can I do with my inventory to get out? And oftentimes there was an answer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like I would have like the proper mix of consumables and and skills and stuff to where it's like, okay, put this guy to sleep for a moment to control him, um, halt this guy who I know has a range square of two, walk out of his range, take on, you know, these other two guys with a, with a spell that has an area effect so I can take them out at once and then move my, you know, attention through everything else I'd put on hold. But there's a lot of that kind of thing to it. So it is very thoughtful in a way that, like, I really appreciate. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and oftentimes those outcomes are by the skin of your teeth, too. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're, there is a drama inherent in this, uh, specifically because they raise the stakes by, you know, you lose this stuff. Um, yeah. You know, if you, if, if you die. Like, they, they, they make good use of that of that subsection of the roguelike um, kind of vocabulary. And I think that that applies across the board. Like, they take the things that I really want from that. Yeah. And and we did we talked a little bit of shit mostly about Raffaello and having to go through the town, but we can't really overstate how cute and charming the game is aesthetically. Oh, yeah. Um the monsters are really cute, Chocobo's amazing, the little outfits like that's kind of worth the price of admission <laughs> in itself. And the the music cues and the kind of colors and everything, everything's very vibrant and bright yeah. and beautiful. And like I really like how charming it is. Yeah. Like it's a super charming game. Like so, my my my, my goodwill towards this and my like, I want everybody to play this is offset by how kind of sad it is that it's trapped over on the Wii. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like this is just going to fade further into obscurity. Well, you can you can play Wii games on Wii U. True, but who has right? a Wii U? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Well, everyone has a Wii though. Like now that Wii U is out, like I see Wiis all the time in thrift stores for twenty dollars. Yeah. Like get a Wii. You, this... I mean, you should you should have a Wii. <laughs> and this There's is at an... least you know this many games. Yeah, just like playing. get super drunk and play bowling with your friends. Do it. It's fun. But well, even I mean, or, or pick up like the five or six like must play games oh, yeah. you know for it. And this is this is one of them. I'd say this is the one of the best games on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pick this up with you know Mario Galaxy. Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, and Mario Galaxy 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that second one kind of undoes the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, I mean, oh, it's Marvel a great game. I know that. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, just... I mean, there, there, are, there are a couple other, there are a couple of really good Wii games, just yeah. not very many. Curse Mountain, but, dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, the fact that the, uh, the it's such a low barrier entry now, that makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you don't have a Wii U, you want something that you can run virtual console things on. Yeah. For your living room. I just found out, speaking of which, that yeah. I could transfer my Wii games to my Wii U, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. You have to play them in the Wii channel, so it won't be uh, upscaled properly, but it's there. Oh, yeah. oh, interesting. I will. I plan on doing that. Yeah, do it. But yeah, in, in general, like, recommend it. If you have a Wii, um, this is for people who, like, who, oh, like, Boom Blocks. Like, they're good games for the Wii. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. But if, if, sorry, I just just thinking about, like, I was trying to picture my Wii library, and it's like, oh, that is really fucking sad. <laughs> but uh, it's, 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 like, seven games, all of which I think are all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is one, of the, one of the best. Yeah. So well worth your time. Definitely. And it's not that spendy either. It's like 30 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I think I, my copy is $20 at like a local used game store. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can find it. Like it's around. Um, Cause it has Final Fantasy on the name yeah. um, in the title. What are we, uh, what are we doing next time, Cole? Next time we are doing Amnesia, The Dark Descent. This was the yeah. winner of our spring survival horror game. Uh, I've already played a little bit of it. Um, and I'm very excited uh, to be spooked over and over again. Me too. This this game I think is is really a contender for like the scariest game. Like this game <laughs> is very very effective yeah. on me 
uh, specifically. And I am, as I mentioned earlier, we'll end up in the extra episode. Like I live in a windowless dungeon, windowless <laughs> my choice. And uh, I don't live. That's where I do my record my podcast. I live in an actual house that's above ground with beds. Um, but, <laughs> Ooh la la! Look at me, I'm Gary. Running, running water in a working turlet. The, um, but uh, I'm I'm gonna scare the shit out of myself late yeah. at night playing this game. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna getting, freak out. I'm getting some use out of these new uh, speakers that I bought. Oh, that's cool. Yep. I never, I can't do a horror game where it's like, you know, play in the dark alone with like headphones on and stuff like that. Like that's too much for me. Yeah. Well, Gary, <laughs> like, I need to be able to look away from the monitor. Well, I don't feel things otherwise. So you have to, yeah, you have to cut yourself. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. Cutting isn't a joke, but no, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's true. Um, so that's, that's episode 99. Episode 100, we have uh, cool things planned and we're going to announce it in a cool way. So we're not announcing it now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and consequently, we can't we can't announce episode one hundred and one, which uh, I'm excited about. Or yeah. can we? Like, do you want to just announce one hundred and one? Yeah, we 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 can skip it. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Okay, let's yeah. do it. One hundred and one's gonna yeah. be Katamari Damacy. Yeah, which I get to edit. Yeah, fucking and which means I get to, get to do all that music, which is the you know really up there for best soundtracks. <laughs> like, if there's a like some someone's probably done a bracket of this, but like you put this and like Jack Grind Radio. <laughs> and stuff like these best like video game soundtracks because the Katamari soundtrack is so incredible. Should and, I uh, should I put a form up where people uh, like recommend their favorite uh, game soundtracks? Make a bracket out of it, and then let's just decide this. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it out of the first uh, the first one hundred episodes. Yeah, of uh, of the ones of the ones that we've done. So Katamari doesn't just sweep the board. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Jet Set Radio can sweep the board. The um. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, that, that we'll put that up. Look at our Facebook page on mm-hmm. transitioning. So we'll put that up on our Facebook. Uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash watch out for fireballs, um, you can interact with us and have cool things like that happen. Yep. And uh, we mentioned uh, the survival horror poll like it was nothing. <laughs> like a survival horror poll. Like what is, <laughs> what is that like some kind of stick you use to keep fucking, <laughs> you know, shaggaths away? Yep. No. It is. It is. A, it is. A, if you are a patron of ours on patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, um, quarterly we do polls to decide what we do next um on a theme yeah so uh if you want to vote kick us a couple bucks yeah uh or just a single it's not even a couple like a couple yeah, cents exactly. yeah, yeah like back at any level and you get access to these things yeah eight cents you know like literally twelve dollars a year mm-hmm. will give you uh <laughs> will give you access to that and a bunch of other cool stuff you get the shows a day early and uh, also you get the joy of supporting your friends gary and cole yeah um if you don't have a couple bucks i totally understand um just listening is enough for us but if you want to do something that is ostensibly free you can uh leave us a rating or review on itunes um, i'm looking at this now earlier today we were number 14 in video games podcast gary oh that's great yeah that's waff like yeah. this comes and goes like we can't get attached to it and like attach any real value to it but it's cool when it happens and it happens more when people leave us ratings and reviews so go in exactly. there uh, if you're a part of the apple ecosystem if you're not i understand that as well but uh that does help us get uh get, get visibility it's always, it's always a bummer to me when we're on there and we're, we're charting well mm-hmm. and then i go check it again and not only are we not charting well but like we're being outranked by old one-up shows that don't exist. <laughs> yep. Like anymore, like things that haven't updated for, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, like what, seven years at this point? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, there's not a new episode of Games, damn it. And yet people are so like, come on. Yeah. Um, that's not seven years, but it's been, a, you know, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, since they rocked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bummer. Petered out. Yeah, I'm, I'm sleepy. It's a bummer though when uh when we we lose to things that don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Is my point. Yeah. And uh yeah, and if you've already rated and reviewed us, thank you. We're not just saying like go on there and juke the stats. Yeah. We learned our lesson from the from the wire. So <laughs> um 
Yeah, I think that that's about it. That's just about it. Other than just thanking you so much for listening. We're really excited. This is a fantastic uh, season for the network with Bloodborne mm-hmm. happening uh, elsewhere and all of the cool games uh, c- coming along. Um, yeah, and all the all the shows hitting episode 100. Yeah, I um, know, right? The, the level, level just hit. hit. Yeah, the level, yeah. And then uh, watch out for Fireballs and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're doing it because of you and we really appreciate it. Yep. Fun and uh, meaningful milestones only in that we make them meaningful, but we have, so we'll enjoy it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So until uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? They should watch out for the meanness of memory and the fact yeah. that these are <laughs> memories cast forward from the future that live beyond when we're alive and babies can fly. Yes. Mbasa. I get This is my partner, Roars. <laughs> Good job, Roars. <laughs> You're going to be a star, um, kid. Yeah, <laughs> Good timing.